All right, now I like to think here at Dead and Lovely, we cast a pretty sex-positive, inclusive sort of attitude. Um, you know I'm not here to, to slut-shame anybody, right? It's true. But I'm just saying, is there a fruit out there that hasn't been inside a cranberry juice? <laughs> think about it here for a second. <laughs> you go Ooh, to the grocery store, you go down that juice aisle, uh-huh. you got cranberry juice, you got uh, uh, apple cran, Yeah. you got crayon and pineapple mm-hmm, you got mm-hmm. crayon and blueberry right crayon and raspberry yeah crayon be letting anybody in through the gate you know what i'm saying <laughs> i i think you know maybe you should look at it a little bit differently crayon doesn't discriminate so maybe it's that yeah. maybe i'm just jealous because there's no crayon bin on the aisles right i mean you say you're slut shaming uh cranberry maybe the cranberry's like yeah i'm a slut maybe the cranberry owns it I'm the cranberry slut, it says. <laughs> that's right. I'm the sluttiest fruit in all the forest. Uh-huh, that's all right. Put me in anything and anything in me. <laughs> Come on down to the bog and get you some. <laughs> I'll tell you what. We do know this about cranberries. They're soaking wet. Them things sopping. It's true. So, I mean, listen. They're on brand <laughs> is the point. <laughs> Who knew? Cranberry, the sluttiest fruit. Sluttiest fruit. Absolutely. (laughs) Hello. Welcome to the newest installment of Dead and Lovely, a horror movie review podcast. (laughs) It's true. I think that's what we talk about usually, yeah. Sometimes we get to it eventually. Um, You know, sometimes it takes a while. It, It always takes a while, let's be honest. You know? Yeah, it does. Yep, every single time. Yeah, but you don't tune in for that stuff. You tune in to hang out with the host of the most. It's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. And me, Hollywood Steve. And on today's episode, you guys are going to hear us have a good old-fashioned chin wag about no pee from 2022. No pee. And yeah. the important thing to get from that title, not a single ounce of piss in this entire film. None, huh? None. Yeah, you know, going into it, if you're uh, a, a urine phobic person, not a chance you're going to see <laughs> Don't any worry in this about movie. It. Don't worry about it. No pee. None. And there was a ton of opportunities. <laughs> oh, I know. And I even remember whenever I, um, you know, I, I watched this in the theater, I left, and there was all kinds of people right outside the theater that were talking that were like, definitely piss freaks and they're like i mean they advertised it wasn't gonna have any pee but i didn't think they meant it <laughs> gosh i was disappointed and i was more like dude piss. it's right there in the more name piss. it's right there in the more name more piss more piss <laughs> you're at the wrong movie dude no p question mark mo p exclamation point well i mean compare that to a movie like water world it was just advertising it's like hey a guy's gonna piss into a machine and drink it come on in piss freaks Right? The guy's going to piss into a machine and drink it. <laughs> he did that. You know that. Apparently, it's happen. easier to process urine than seawater, I guess. I don't know. Uh, probably less Probably less salt. Who knows? I don't know. I, I, what am I, I'm science? no scientist. No, Mm-mm. it's not me. <laughs> if you want to get right onto the movie discussion where we bust no pee wide open, there's a time set for you in the podcast yep, description. Right down there. But before we do that, I'm going to drink myself a glass of slam pain. That's champagne for men, for bros. I don't want no pussy champagne. (laughs) No, none of that. I want a drink from a bottle covered in razor wire. (laughs) 
<laughs> Slampane, <laughs> champagne for bros. Hell yeah. It's not from France. France is for sissies. It's from Tallahassee. <laughs> where men live. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to get straight into the movie, use the timestamp, but you're going to miss out on some good hangs and stuff. That's man. true. We're going to shoot the shit, catch up, talk about what we've been up to, man. How's your week been, dude? Uh, great. I mean, uh, <laughs> I haven't done an absolute ton but uh, we did we did uh, make a little steak dinner last night. Oh, um, I eat steak probably like two three times a year, and uh, saw saw some delicious looking ribeyes on sale. And now, they were great. okay, that threw me off my track. When you said you ate steak, I thought that you were trying to test if you had become a vampire yet. Yeah, so you yeah. like well. You know, you ran a steak through yourself. I heard. Is that how they do that? Is that what they mean? A steak to, through the take heart? Take a steak know. to the heart, and I read that steak is fatty and goes to your heart, and I was like, "That's what they mean." It's a good test, yeah. right? If I can eat this ribeye and survive, yeah. I am assuredly not a vampire. <laughs> I also did baste it with butter and garlic, so you know, just I added. I added a little bit of garlic on there just in case. Like, what if the just what if the, sure. I'm wrong about the steak thing? <laughs> the garlic things for sure. <laughs> Did you make the griddle marks form the sign of the cross in it? Uh, yeah, too? absolutely. That's like extra precaution. Used a silver fork. Uh, I didn't have <laughs> to do this, but I ate off of a mirror just in case. That's good. That's a good Thought move. It might help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did, it helped. I, I mean, it. Uh, I kept looking at myself and going, Phew, "Handsome, just wow, <laughs> uh, wow." <laughs> uh, but okay, so. I did this. I, I, there, there was just like the a couple of nice pockets of fat on the ribeye that I didn't eat, and I rendered the tallow bin, and I got about three tablespoons of beef tallow that I am going to use to make uh, biscuits in a little bit. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah! I'm excited for it. I'm man, you're bringing the South up north over there to yeah. Portland, aren't you? <laughs> Try to show these Yankees how you make a damn biscuit. Hell yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I haven't been doing much. What have you been up to? Man, just been slamming. Just been working a bunch of stuff and yeah. trying to get some music made. I had my first guitar lessons in like a little bit over two months from my little sabbatical. For what that they I took teach over, you. Uh, the holidays oh, oh shit oh <laughs> hey listen you know me i'm a pro i don't learn from nobody <laughs> that's how pros work they never learn Ain't nobody teaching me i'm done yep. i'm done learning <laughs> i'll do the teaching round here son i say yep so how's that going? when i do lessons i just i just shred the whole time yeah and then i go what par- what part of that you want me to show you huh <laughs> hey what part of that you want me to show you? Yeah, and you slap them real hard, just just for good measure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. through the Skype screen. Yeah, right. Yeah, but uh, it was good, man. It was good. I I enjoy teaching, man. It's always a good time. I always get all kinds of uh, ideas, even for videos and stuff while I do that. So it was a good time. I've got a couple new pieces of gear here in the studio. I've been playing with, making all kinds of unholy rackets. Oh yeah. In the service of our Dark Lord. So That's good. It's he been needs a good that. time, man. It's been a good time. Yeah, yeah. And finally getting a little bit of sunshine and like a little bit of warmth in Tennessee. So trying to recharge my vitamin D and hit the gym <laughs> and, and have myself a good time, man. Have myself a good time. So it's been a pretty good week. 
overall, can't complain about much. I've had time to watch just a few bits of entertainment oh, yeah? this week. What about you? What do you oh, do? I've, I've watched a, a, a number of things, including uh, we started that uh, Natasha Leone show on Peacock, Poker Face. Which is poker um, face? I barely know her face. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, that's I mean, yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking the whole time, and I think we all have been. But hey, uh, hey, hey, how do you wake up Lady Gaga from a nap? Uh, po- po- do you poker face? You poker face? Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. That's how you do it. <laughs> so uh, basically, the premise is Natasha Leone, uh, her character. I uh, can tell when people are lying, and um, she she uses that to solve solve it crimes. You see, and it's fun. okay. That yeah. sounds cool. Yeah, and they're like uh, forty five minute to hour long episodes. They're fun. They remind me kind of of Columbo. Natasha Leone's always charming, so it's fun. Check it out. She's great, dude. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll check that out sometime. Um, I watched the movie Nightcrawler again uh, with a Jake Gyllenhaal. How much did he teleport? He didn't bamf a single goddamn time, and I was oh come pissed. on, I was pissed. Oh come on, now what is this? Some kind of Christopher Nolan reimagining of Nightcrawler, where he's like, if he was in a real world, he wouldn't have no Galdern Devil Tail or be no teleporting at all. He'd be serious and sad. <laughs> he would be uh, uh, a psychopath, uh, alien man who basically uh, starts TMZ, right? Really? Is that what it's about? Like, I don't know anything about that What, you that haven't movie. seen Nightcrawler? Holy shit. No. Stop, uh-uh. stop what you're doing. Stop Stop the tape. Stop. Uh, uh, All right. Bill Gates Jr. We'll see you guys stop next it. week. Yeah. We'll catch up later. Uh, nope was good. Oh, anyway, yeah, yeah, moving yeah. on. Bye, bye, we'll bye, catch bye, you guys bye, next week. <laughs> Support us on Patreon. I got a movie to watch. I got to go. Uh, Nightcrawler is, is very, very good. Jake Gyllenhaal is eerie scary alien um and yeah it's basically like yeah a guy setting setting up a a news service like tmz through well i mean just watch it i I don't want to i don't want to spoil it for you now uh it's got bill paxton as well so ooh, really yeah so r.i.p man yeah i think you'll like it i'm but yeah I, i watched it in regards to a particular character from nope and uh when we when we get to the movie discussion portion i want to discuss the uh motorcycle rider rider moybridge is his name in the credits because uh, that's why i watch nightcrawler and i i want i want i will connect those two when we're talking about the movie all right then yeah so yeah nightcrawler is fucking great and highly recommend it uh, also watched Horse Girl with Allison Brie, and mm. it seems to be a love it or leave it film, and I loved it, uh, which I don't think will surprise anyone who lo- knows the movies I like. It's weird. She's great. She's amazing in it. It's very I'm strange. I'm a little partial to an Allison Brie, I'll tell you that. Yeah. A little partial. Well, she's very like she's very very awkward and strange and yeah mm. she's it's interesting because oh I, yeah again a, a one I don't want to spoil I, you should watch okay, I will say right. uh, it does involve horses so what genre is it in I think it's a horror movie but it 
you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I think it was just listed as a drama. Uh, to me, it feels like a horror movie, but uh, check it out. See what you think. Seems to be love it or leave it. A lot of people find it way too awkward to even get through, <laughs> but I, I very much enjoyed it. Um, hey, just back me up right here, because you got one of them fancy college degrees, don't okay. you? You still got one of those, don't yeah, you? Yeah, no, they haven't taken it yet. Genre, genre. I, I had somebody comment recently on one of my YouTube videos, and they were like, never heard anybody pronounce genre that way before. And I'm like, I don't know which way I said it in that video. Genre? 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 Did you say genre? <laughs> if you said well, genre, I, I get I, it. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't even remember what I said, but now I'm like self-aware about genre. it. Um, genre. <laughs> Should I just go total French when I say it? Yeah. Go, just like, uh, so, like, if you're about to say it, stop. Go put on a horizontally striped shirt. Put on Beret. some like like a curly mustache. Get a bag mm-hmm. with like a baguette, a baguette, and mm-hmm. like a, a like a, a carrot with like the top still on it, sticking out. Yeah, hanging uh, out of the bag. Right? Yeah, have uh, a, croissant have, have a cigarette mm-hmm. and some champagne, and then yeah, just burst in and say, "All right." You know what I should probably do is like I should just film that little isolated bit and just have that as a clip in my editing bay, and every time I say. <laughs> G E N R E in a video. I'll just insert that clip. Genre. And just reuse it over and over and over and over and over. I'm all for it. I love this idea. (laughs) Well, a couple of years back, like I had some part in a video where I said, like, how like life this is. And I made this like corny French cafe, like Uh accordion waltz song in, in logic. And I put it behind that. So I even have like shitty french cafe music already queued I love up it. so yeah i guess i should do that i think you absolutely should do that that's really funny just so i know ja or genre it's don't, either don't fuck way me up here. fine i mean okay, fuck. yeah it's 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 gonna this is why you don't read the comments dude. right exactly <laughs> like i unless you said it the third way you said it before in which case it's like yeah genre is not right <laughs> <laughs> That's a homeschool pronunciation, dude. Yeah. You don't know. <laughs> yes, you've only ever read it, never heard it said. Um, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, and then uh, Friday night, you know, we do our screaming chat, and it all started because of Joe Bob uh, Briggs' The Last Drive-In on Shutter, and they had a Valentine's Day special, and boy, I'll tell you what, uh, it was interesting because they had not only two very different films but also a wedding uh and what (laughs) yeah there was a wedding joe bob performed a wedding it was interesting it was like a vegas like valentine's day special it was fun Uh, wow but the the first movie was a movie we had done twice previously on the screaming chat like early on in the way back in the days and then more recently and then now again we have seen phantom of the mall eric's revenge which i've heard you tell of that one yeah i mean it's not a pain to get through well that's a lie <laughs> i think it's a pain <laughs> it's to not get through. your favorite it's got moments it's got some interesting stuff and it's there's some funny bits but it's long especially the like the the full cut of it is pretty long i i just yeah it's whatever uh but then after that 
a movie that I have never seen and I've I've read about and I knew about, but also like wasn't in a rush to see. It wasn't like one of these movies where I was like, I'm just never going to watch that one. Uh, but it was one where I was like, I'd have to be in a very particular mood. Necromantic, which is a necrophile movie. It's a movie about... I have read about this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like now now that I think about it, this is one that I have read like a Wikipedia on or something. Isn't it just like way fucked off and gross? Uh, Yeah, well, you, you see a rabbit killed and then gutted and skinned like a real rabbit. Um, I don't like that. They, uh, a woman gets DP'd by a corpse and her boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, Big Necro is definitely pushing this one. Uh, hard. Yeah, a guy, a guy like rubs cat guts all over his body in the bathtub. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, that's just Tuesday, right? I mean, that's nothing. I mean, I don't want. Hard. I don't want to spoil it for you, but a guy does come blood. Oh, cannibal corpse style. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh that's something at the very least. Honestly. How was the story? It huh? Was, was I, the story good? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I think like the story was what if there was a necrophile and he was like weird shit? It's like, yeah, that would be weird. And it would be uh, yep. <laughs> yep. Uh but the thing is there were actually moments that were just funny and absurd and it was kind of like oh i guess like when you read about what happens in this film it's like oh that's probably a really gross film and it is gross i mean i particularly cannot stomach seeing an animal killed so um aside from that though everything is pretty fucking silly uh so yeah i (laughs) interestingly i would kind of recommend it like just like push past whatever you've heard about how fucking gross it is it's 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 kind of just absurd as fuck hmm yeah so i found that interesting but then uh also on on a sunday on ice cream sunday we watched death spa fuck yeah you did now that's a movie that's what i call entertainment I yeah I'm turned around on Death Spa. I I yeah? used to think this movie makes no sense. I don't understand what the fuck is happening. It's bad. And now I think this movie makes no sense. I don't understand what's happening. It's pretty fun. It's a good time. Yeah. I remember like bringing that up to you a while back about like, yeah. dude we should do Death Spa on the show. And, and I was you're like, like no Why? fuck that movie. Why? <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm like yeah let's do it honestly because I want to try to figure out what the fuck is going on. So there's a computer system that gets haunted by a ghost. It seems that way, and it's like a ghost <laughs> of a, a twin or some shit. Uh-huh, isn't and it? the ghost controls the computer system, which controls the tiles in the shower somehow sure yeah yeah totally <laughs> completely makes sense it's, dude if we do that on the show yeah. we're like lining up like we're gonna agree in advance on like four different shots to do in the first like 15 minutes right. of the show. so it's just plastered <laughs> the wraith style yeah. just go in fucking wraith out <laughs> fuck yes that's a great idea i like it um, but so yeah, Death Spa was, uh, you know, it was fun. It's, it's always like, I truly am baffled by that movie. I am just baffled yeah. by oh, like, yeah. who is anybody? Like people just keep showing up. There are just scenes where there's like 
30 people in a gym and it just shows all of them doing different exercises. And it's like, are any of these people significant? I don't know. Isn't there a scene where like a fish comes back to life and eat somebody yeah, like no, a frozen yeah, the com- fish? The co- ghost controlled the computer to make the fish come back to life. That makes total sense. That Abs- would happen. A ghost could do that. Absolutely. 100% within the ghost's powers is bring fish back to life using computer. <laughs> yeah, if you're a ghost, you have the option. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Why don't they exercise it more? Come on. Ugh. Stupid ghosts. What a movie. Yeah. That's what I call entertainment. Yeah. Anyway, what y'all been watching on? Man, we haven't had time to watch a whole lot this week. We watched through uh, Tar, which uh, is like T-A mm-hmm. with the accent R. Uh-huh. It's like up for a bunch of uh, Oscar nods and so on. Yep. Man, that was a weird movie. <laughs> um, okay. Like initially when we finished it, I was kind of like, I just don't really know about this fucking movie. But then it's one of those ones that has kind of haunted my my thoughts since then. Like, I've thought about it a lot because it all seems to have been so deliberately and intentionally made in such a way mm-hmm. that I've been thinking about it since then. Um, it's interesting. I, I okay. would like to know your thoughts about it. You should check it out sometime. Yeah, the I, first, I want to. Yeah. Dude, like, the first, like, 30 minutes of the movie... It is seriously like three 10-minute long, no-edits conversations. That's it. It's just like 30 minutes of 10-minute talking. Okay. And then the story starts. It's really strange. Like It's just very odd choices. Huh. Um, But some amazing performances, some really great cinematography. There's something about it that is like very Polanski-esque to me okay and i don't exactly know what it is um man it is a strange flick dude okay yeah no I, i've i've been interested of course because of all the award buzz and kate blanchett's great so that uh, she's amazing yeah holy shit uh i yeah starting with three 30 minute conversations like i just thought while you were saying that i was like yeah and i hear that guy's gonna direct the next fast and the furious so like, no way! No, really? no, but that'd be hilarious, right? The next Fast and Furious <laughs> movie just starts with three ten-minute conversations, not a fucking car in sight. <laughs> but it's conversations between two cars is the thing, right? <laughs> and, and that's the thing is it's called like Fast and the Furious seventeen car, and it's like C A with accent R, you know? Yes, car. I love it. I love it, and I want that to happen now. Anyway. Sure, sign me up. So yeah, I, I do want to see movie. that though. I'm de- I'm definitely gonna check it out. And we watched Wakanda Forever. Finally, that okay. came out a while back. We uh-huh. just now got around to uh, to watching it. Yeah, uh, of course, the original Black Panther is fucking awesome. It's so good. there's mm-hmm. a lot of expectations yeah. around this one. Wakanda Forever was fucking cool, man. It was awesome. a really cool movie. I, I enjoyed it. There's a lot of really neat things in there. The portrayal of of Namor, especially, yeah, was really fucking cool. So he's a uh, just a pure dick. Right, just well, not <laughs> oh. exactly. Oh, well, honestly. comic book name, comic book name, or just like what a dick. I mean, I know, he, right? Like, he's got like, his like agenda and whatever his objectives or yeah. whatever, but he's a dick all the time. He's pretty much just a dick. Yeah. yeah, like we were watching it, and Kate was asking, like, so how is he in the comics? I'm like, eh, he's just kind of a dick. Yeah, <laughs> like he's a he's a white dick in the books. <laughs> he is. <laughs> 
But the way they made his character in the movie is is really cool. And you know what? Just kind of random observation, but one thing that I kind of enjoyed slash appreciated that they did with his character, mm-hmm. and I can't remember the name of the actor that played him, but you know how like there's kind of like the Marvel movie bod, like physique, where it's just like, holy fuck, like you look like an action figure right. physique. Mm-hmm. Namor has more like '80s pro wrestler bod, oh, where you're okay. like, yeah, you 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 work out and probably eat a lot of food, yeah. and are very strong, but, but aren't like dehydrated. I can see right. every vein in your body. Like he kind of has normal strong guy body. Cool. I hear they had I the CGI like, as hog out. No way. Really? Yeah, because he had a huge bulge in the front of his pants because he got a big old dick. Now, why would they edit that out? Just fucking put the goods out on front, just, yeah, on Front Street, man. Just fucking display. Why ben, not? I don't. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but there are people out there arguing now that showing people have sex in a movie is uh, 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 wrong because the characters can't consent to us watching it. What? What are you fucking talking about? I'm, ta- I'm talking about. <laughs> How people don't want sex in movies. There are so many people out there arguing that sex there should be no sex in movies at all. Okay, here's the thing. These aren't people. These are people on Reddit and Twitter. Right, These right, right. People. They're not real. No, they're not real people. Um, but yeah, so some of those not real no. people have recently made the argument that, yeah, sex scenes in the movies aren't right because the characters can't consent. Yeah, so, those aren't real people. Yeah, no. so that's why they CGI'd out the dick because no. we're mm-hmm. in that weird fucking slide of anti-sex nonsense. Yeah, hmm. can't have a gigantic dick. I'm telling you, wait till they go down that juice aisle and see how many fucking bodies Cranberry has collected. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cranberry got a body Cranberry's count. Cranberry's got them all. Cranberry don't give a fuck. <laughs> Cran banana, let's do it. I don't give a fuck. Oh my god, cran eggplant, bring it on. Bring on that cran peach. Get it in here. You know, cran peach Woo. sounds interesting. It's like absolutely opposite flavors. I'm down, dude. Yeah, try it out. <laughs> uh, but what kind of flavor? It was. It was cool, man. It was. Cool, it was a yeah. good flick. Recommend it. I I haven't caught up on Marvel. I, I I got yeah. I got a few I need to watch to get to that, but yeah, I, I I need to I need to watch that for sure. Man, it was kind of long. I do feel like a lot of Marvel flicks are getting kind of full of themselves, where they're like, "This needs to be two and a half hours long to right. say what I need to say," and it's like, you probably don't need me. Yeah, like yeah, probably mm, get it done yeah. in a tight hour fifty. <laughs> yeah, you could yeah. probably do that. Yeah, but it is still worth watching. Um, I think about the only other thing that I've been watching this week, man, is one that. Dude, Kate started while I was on Shiprocked, and by the time I was done with that cruise, she had already blown through like two seasons of, and she was like, you have to fucking watch this show. Finally started watching The Morning Show the morning on show. Apple TV. Okay. Yeah. Which, I if I recall, I might be wrong. I want to say it was like one of their flagship shows okay. when like Apple TV kind of started. It came out a few years ago. Dude, it is fucking amazing holy shit who it has it's got old rachel green from a friend in there okay got some jennifer it's got um awkward boss man from an office (laughs) okay he's a steve carell Uh (laughs) Mm uh-huh 
it's got that girl what is never seen without her spoon. Oh. Um, I don't know who that is. She's partially a, a Reese PC. It's a Reese with her spoon. God damn mm-hmm. it. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm with you on this one. <laughs> I led you around the barn on that one. That was bit. good. That was good. I, once deleted. I got around the corner and saw it, it was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> but dude, it, it's a it's a show about, it, you know, it's essentially like a Good Morning America type morning show. Uh-huh. Uh, that is undergoing the aftermath of a Matt Lauer style sex scandal. Oh dear! And the fallout and inner politics and just the dude, the in-depth power play chess game oh. of what goes on inside of these networks, dude. Holy shit! It is amazing. Like it is amazing to see. Okay, like, and this is no spoilers because you find it out soon as you start the show. Uh-huh. Uh, Steve Steve Carell, like America's good guy, is the Matt Lauer type character. Oh on the dear! Show. And Jennifer Aniston is a fucking bitch. Okay, it. all right. It is so fun to see these actors that you've known for so long get to play like terrible. pretty despicable yeah. characters, but also are multifaceted. I'm telling you, man, okay. it is a Really fucking cool show. Do you have Apple TV? I don't. I don't, but I have been wanting to check out that Ted Lasso and some other stuff that's yeah. on there, so might as well uh, give Dude, it a little yeah. shot and check out the morning show as well. Huh? If you do, check that show out. Uh, I'm about halfway through the first season right now, and uh, I cannot wait to check out more of it. Like, I hope I'm, I'm done in enough time with, with this to watch another episode before bed because I can't wait to see what happens. With Hell it. yeah, awesome. Really fucking cool show, man. Very much enjoying it. Oh, well, I'll tell you another cool little event that happened this week. Okay, let's hear it. That wife of mine, she just come home the other day and brought home a dang old PlayStation 5. Oh, fuck yeah. That's awesome. Just out of dang old nowhere. It was just like, well, I thought I'd try this out. So we got ourselves a dang PlayStation That's 5 cool. now. It's straight from a PS3 that I've had for the past, I don't know, fucking 10 years to uh-huh. a 5. I don't know if I've ever like skipped a generation like that. You'll probably be lost, man. I mean, if you... I'm gone. It's a goner. It'd be like, you know, you watch uh, four out of five Star War. Oh my God! What happened in the last war? I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> Why is Han in that carbonite? I don't get it. Oh my God! Um, I'll tell you what. So I, I've barely gotten to fiddle with it whatsoever. Okay. Um, but one thing I'm very happy about is that we are at an age of video gaming where, when the new console comes out, they've not added a bunch more buttons to the goddamn fucking controller. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Cause like, do you remember that when we were kids and we were going from NES to super NES to fucking now there's an N64 and your controller has a penis on it. Grab it, kid. Play with the joystick. <laughs> ah! The N64 controller was the end of that shit. I think where it was just like, all right, this I think is, it was. Yes. Yeah, too much. Like, it's, Dude, do you remember the Atari Jaguar controller? Oh God. It looks like a fucking Blackberry. It did. It did. It looked just like a keyboard, but tiny. But nobody bought that anyway, no, of course. Yeah. No, but yeah, the, that, yeah, I remember that, and it sucked. And yeah, it's great that that leveled out because, yeah, you just you pick up a, an Xbox or PlayStation controller, and if you've picked one up in the past 20 years, you know what you're doing. 
Yeah, I know where square, triangle, X, and circle are, yeah. as well as my shoulder triggers. Like yeah. They're still in the same spots. It's like game designers have finally figured out, like, if you can't play your game with this many buttons, fuck you. We're just <laughs> sticking with this layout. Yeah. Because really, it, it is the best, and they stuck with the same kind of four-button D-pad that they yeah. had on the Classic mm-hmm. PlayStation controllers, which is my favorite D-pad, so I love that. Uh-huh. Um, I'm looking for some recommendations for anybody oh, listening. Cool. Uh, drop these on our Facebook group. Let me know what all PS5 games we should check out. She got the one that comes included with the newest uh, God of War, which I'm a huge fan oh, of, yeah. so I'm super uh-huh. stoked to play that. Yeah. Uh, but I want to know what else I should be playing on that fucking thing. I do have a PlayStation, but I do have an Xbox, um, and I will always recommend that you play Skyrim, but you do want to continue having a life. That's the problem, right? Yeah, yeah. It will it will consume me a little bit, but yeah. it's fucking Kate, amazing. Kate's talked about getting Skyrim, and I'm like, I'll just have to not do that instead <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, i i mean seriously it will be one of those things where just if you watch someone else play it you're gonna be like i want to do that i want to be i want to be yeah. doing that right now <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 so let me know what all games i should be getting there on the ps5 i love uh like metroidvania oh yeah type those type of games uh-huh yeah, I love fighters. I mean, I grew up in the 80s, so I love 2D shit. Uh, Side-scrollers, yeah. beat-em-ups, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just let me know what I should check out. RPGs, I love RPGs. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So, hopefully I'll find myself some good games on that thing and have myself a good time with a system that was made within the past decade, which is something <laughs> I've not had in a while. Yeah, it's newfangled. Here's what I will warn you of, and uh, you really just got to be prepped for this. Uh, when you first turn that thing on, you're not going to get to play it for hours. Because already did that. Okay, yes, good. You got through, through the updates. Now, holy you- shit! Just the whole setup. Yeah. Where it's just like, okay, what is your handle? Okay, what's your real name? Uh-huh. Okay, what's your birthday? Okay, what's your handle's birthday? <laughs> like, holy shit! With the questions, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, now every single game that you want to play is going to have updates as well yes yeah uh Holy so that's shit, fun man. that's fun so yeah if you want to just like play a game uh it you gotta be you gotta be like a few hours before you're gonna play the game just turn on the thing and try to open the game up and see if it's got like updates and then uh, let it update while you can't play and then when you right. can play boom you're ready Man, I remember the days when I was a kid, and you could get a new system and just skip the foreplay, yeah, and just slam you a cartridge in, there, in boom, bone go. dry, yeah, yeah, but dude. If, like nowadays, yeah. you fucking you got to light the candles, you got to get out the massage oils, you yeah. got to fucking you do, turn you on do. the Sade, okay, everything, listen, man. Yeah. The foreplay is just too time consuming, <laughs> but you got to lick it if you want to kick it. That's just that's PlayStation's motto. That's what they say, man. Yeah, you gotta listen. I think it's beyond foreplay. It. I think it's it's probably five or even six play. <laughs> That's PS five play yeah, is more like the it. The number after the PS is how much play you gotta do. <laughs> That's true. PS one play, yeah, fucking slam that disc in and go for it. 
I will say though too, yeah. just as another critique, man, mm-hmm. the the design of the PS5, the thing looks like shit. It looks really stupid. Uh, yeah. It looks it looks like it maybe you had a cool game system and then you left it by a campfire or a hot stove for right. too long. Mm-hmm. And it kind of warped, and some of the little wings distended, and it looks really stupid. It kind of bugs me to look at. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. I, I, I hide my Xbox behind my TV. It's a good idea, yeah. honestly. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like you're putting games in the motherfucker anyway. No, yeah, so. you just turn it on, and it it reads the, the controller just fine. So, yep, yeah, hide that bastard. Right. So, <laughs> that's the way, man, that's the way. So, I'll tell you what. One thing I don't want you to hide is reviews for the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Go in there, rate and review the show. It just takes a second of your time and zero dollars and helps us out a ton. I usually put this at the end of the episode, but I want more. I want more. I want it all. Give me those reviews. Lavish me in them. I want to go to bed and read these reviews and be like, oh, my God, they like me. They really like me. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Oh, by the way, I for, I forgot to mention this, but uh, I I was on a, a podcast the other day. Uh, it, it's called a Brief History of Time and Stuff. Uh, Aaron had me over to his place, uh, got me real stoned, and we talked about uh, all sorts of deep issues. Uh, I don't oh, not tight. sure when that's going to be coming out, but uh, you know, check out that podcast and be on the lookout for that episode. And then rate and review our show. But ra- yeah, rate first. and review our show. And tell us I'm awesome. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Cool, yep. man. What kind of podcast is that? Uh, I think he, does, he talks about like humanism and philosophy and stuff, but uh, also, <laughs> you know, we, talk, we talked about all sorts of nonsense. Uh, definitely got into mm. like a, a, a cookie recipe and uh, talked about video games, all sorts of fun stuff. It sounds like you were on an episode of Dead and Lovely and you're just yeah. too stoned yeah. to realize that you were. <laughs> I kept calling you Aaron. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was also fucking drunk as shit, so I didn't Yeah, notice. you didn't mind. <laughs> whatever, yeah. Maybe uh, that's maybe whatever. that's my other name. Who knows? Who knows, man. <laughs> All right. All right, now, Steve, this movie that we're talking about today is a no-P and uh, man, it features a family TV sitcom. Yeah, what has a a uh, an animal on it? What goes berserk and it just yeah. kills the fucking dog shit out of everybody, don't it? <laughs> it kills the fucking dog shit out of everybody. Yep. Mm-hmm. Woo! And it's all because the dang old balloon popped because it was Gordy's birthday. And that plum set that animal off. There ain't no taming the beast, even if it is in the name of spectacle. Am I correct? You are correct. Damn, man. This got me thinking about what other sort of tragedies could have happened on the sets of some other sitcoms if their household pets would have been provoked in such a way, hasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And so can you in the preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace. Guys, you do like 300 something of these things, and uh, you know, you it, get, it just gets weird, okay? It does, yeah. Things get, uh, you know, you're uh, eventually that thing where your uh, tongue just catches up with your brain stops working, uh, and then your brain's just like, I don't know, bro. <laughs> Your tongue's like, Bleh. dude. 
like the first couple episodes we did, we didn't do a, a preview palace specifically, right. and then I was like, I had the idea, I think, where it's like we should do like a themed segment where it's like, right, we're doing a zombie movie, talk about your favorite zombies right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. We won't run out of ideas, no, for sure. It's impossible. How would we? <laughs> we're on because it. we think of shit like this, but <laughs> we're like, you know what? What incident is gonna happen that makes Flipper kill the living dog shit? <laughs> Out of his companions right. on the show, what do you think is going to set Flipper off? I don't think it's it would just take make much. Him go He's a dolphin. They're psychopaths. They kind of are. They're too smart for their own good, aren't they? Yeah, they're. You know, they don't have any real concept of consent. It doesn't seem, and they'll pass a puffer Dolphins fish. Dolphins be raping. They yeah, do. They they'll do. pass a they puffer be fish around. Get all zooted up on puffer fish toxin. You, yeah. I just imagine Flipper. He's out there. He's got a puffer fish. He's been chewing on that thing for two days straight. He hadn't had a wink of sleep. Here you come with your. I don't know, Flipper. We gotta solve a crime. I don't know what Flipper was about. Flipper, we gotta solve really a crime or whatever. He jumps up on that goddamn dock, just starts going to town, eating your ankles like a motherfucker. You kind of paint a, a picture to me like. Flipper's got a taste for the old ultraviolence, doesn't he? He does. He does. I mean, he he likes to channel it when he's not all toxined up. <laughs> when he's not yeah. all puffed. Uh, he likes puffed to channel up, right? it into whatever Flipper is about. But you catch him on a puffer binge. This guy's going gonna, gonna to fuck you up. You're not going to be walking right, I'll tell you that. Damn, man. I'll tell you. <laughs> you know, the, the thing about dolphins is, is that they like to fuck. Flipper likes to fuck. They do, and they, yeah. Again, they don't have any concept of consent. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I think that, honestly, just all that pent-up sexual frustration that Flipper is getting by not getting any uh, uh, blowhole, I don't know. What (laughs) do they do? dolphins fuck. I don't know. Yeah, it's in the blowhole, yep. That's what it's there for. <laughs> yeah, I, I think all that frustration is just going to erupt, and that thing is just going to go on a fucking murder spree, right? Yeah. F- he's, he's an Could incel, be, I would assume, Flipper. <laughs> oh, incel Flipper. Incel no. Flipper, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. That's sad. Anyway. <laughs> all right. What do you think about Mr. Ed? What is going to push oh, Mr. Man. Ed over the edge into just fucking horse biting the damn yeah. shit out of everybody on set? <laughs> Which is fucking scary. The idea of a horse on a rampage just biting I'm and you, clomping. Oh, that is scary. scary. As somebody who just rode their first horse like a month ago... It's just a ton of muscle. Just like huge, I would not want to piss a scary. horse off. Yep. Dude, so remember I was telling you in Argentina when I was riding that horse, like we rode like straight up and down this mountain, right? Uh-huh. There was a time or two that my my horse started succumbing to the dark thoughts. And it was like, maybe I'll just veer to the edge of this cliff edge, huh? With you on me. And I was like, no, horse, don't listen to the invasive thoughts. Don't do that. No, no, no. I could feel the dark thoughts in that horse's head. Man. Yeah. Horse, listen. So, everybody knows this about horses. They are just one. They're like, whatever. Something's going to do it and they're going to snap. And you know it's coming. All you can do is slow it down with carrots. 
Well, here's the thing. If you think about it, honestly, with horses, with that 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 you know mane they have on top of their heads, there, uh-huh. they pretty much all have emo swoopy hair yeah. by nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. So they're they're just thinking like, ugh, nobody cares. Where are you? And, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Roses, boy, the steers. That's all they're thinking. <laughs> Like Doey said, and then Blink One Eighty Two. But I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's on, fine. it's on the path. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I'm thinking, Mister Ed. They pump that motherfucker full of chewing gum and and peanut butter to get him. They got to make him lips move somehow. Yeah. Hey, Welber, or whatever, you know. Uh, and then I don't know what that was about. I guess he stopped crimes or something. Is that, <laughs> I'm just assuming all. All I don't know. Animals in shows stopped crimes. Is I that... think that's right. Yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I got nothing to contest that. So <laughs> How could we'll you? Go with How it. could you? Uh, so Wilbur, I'm guessing, in in like he starts to develop a little bit of the diabetes. Oh wow! And yeah. one day they don't get him his oats or whatever in time. And he gets a little hangry, man. He gets hangry. He starts walking around, and they're like, whoa, Ed, whoa, we got to get you back in the stall. And he's like, no, fella. Uh-uh. I'm hungry. I got to get something in me. So he starts rampaging. Where are food? Where are food? And I'm a horsey. <laughs> uh, and yeah. so it gets fucking wild. He starts... Yeah, you're, you know, just fucking horse chomping on people. Where's that food? <laughs> Gets a taste for Got human that flesh, going maybe. On. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Might be that, man. Might be that. <laughs> Doesn't take much to set off Mr. Ed, I'll tell you that. I can't imagine it would. Yeah, like, you know, if he's not had his sugar, he's going to get, he's going to get that, that, like, little bit, he's going to get a little tense. They're going to be like, I don't know what's going on with Ed. And then suddenly it's gonna it's gonna break. The dam's gonna break. It's got to at some point, man. I'll tell you one that I'm really scared to learn about. Uh-oh. I'm scared to probe these depths. All right, beloved Disney icon Pluto the dog. <laughs> Let's talk about Pluto here. What is gonna make Pluto okay. finally snap? Yeah. Uh huh. Um, and just fucking kill the shit out of everybody. He, he's going after Mickey. He's going after yeah. Minnie, Goofy, all yeah, of them. Yeah, dude. What's going to lead him down the, the dark path? And, and I've got some theories. Okay, and I'm let's sure hear you do too. Let's hear them. Yeah, because I, I, I'm thinking just in general, are we going to have to solve the problem of Pluto? And like, wh- like what's going on? He, like he, he knows a guy on. who's a dog who stands up. Exactly right, which is why I, I I shudder to even say theorize because I think it's a fact here. Okay. Okay. Pluto is the gimp of the Disney universe. <laughs> he is inhabiting okay. that role of right. a submissive pet. Oh, okay. It's BDSM. That makes yeah, sense. he's got a, a fucking raging mm-hmm. red rocket dog dick the whole time. That he's been you <laughs> they know, have treated to like CGI a pet. it out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Obviously. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that makes, you know what, this makes all the sense <laughs> in the world, really, now that I think about it. So, like, so, yeah, so, like, Mi- so, Mickey <laughs> has at home, like, a, a gimp 
dog man who like uh, is, plays the role like i can't talk i i go woof woof or whatever uh yep. but then when he's out and about he sees his pal goofy they just hang out like it's normal and goofy's not like that's pretty fucked up mick <laughs> yuck yuck fucked up <laughs> yuck yuck I, I yeah i mean that sounds right that sounds like pretty much what's going on in the disney universe so what would drive that guy to murder and i'm listen here's what i'm guessing mickey finally listens to goofy he finally is like you know what goofy you're right like you know i'm 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 letting this guy indulge this fantasy and I got a wife at home and like ah, I don't know you know like she's not really into it and ah, you know I'm going to let him go I got I got to break up with him and that's it like Pluto's like nope fuck it man first off I'm taking out Goofy after that everybody else You know what <laughs> yeah I could see this happening okay. yes All right. this checks out <laughs> So what do you think would push Pluto to take out, I guess, the rest of the Disney cast? <laughs> I think he just finally, you know, he, he's been the submissive for so long. and He's been fighting right. the, the dominant part of his psyche mm-hmm. um, forever. And I think he'd been repressing it for so long <sighs> that it finally just fucking leaps out of him. And uh, in a rage, he he just has to dominate the entire cartoon animal world. Right. And his bloodlust knows no bounds. Okay. Listen, that sounds great. Like, I'd watch that. Pluto (laughs) off the leash. That's coming to you. Rated R. Pluto off the leash. Man. Here's the thing, though. (laughs) The existence of Disney Plus implies the reality of Disney Minus. Yeah. Which is like a so, dark world Disney version, I guess. Yeah, that's coming soon. Sounds to great. Disney minus. <laughs> love it, love it. Can't wait. <laughs> Here's another pet gone wild you got on your list. Um, you know, when I think there's like a bunch of different sitcom dogs out there, you know, yeah. and they vary in size. You got you got your little guy uh, Eddie in Frasier, right? Frasier, sure. I mean, I could think about uh, a number of things that might drive him to murder. Like, let's just say, for instance, uh, Niles tries to sit down in his dad's chair. Oh, I mean, that's, you don't do that. That's already like, you know, he's going to be Toe murderous. But he's murderous for a dog that size. And it's like, eh, you know, what's that going to do? So it doesn't matter. Yeah. His rampage would be, I don't know, like tearing up something in your dressing room or whatever. Ugh. It wouldn't be that bad. I mean, right. maybe he got into the sherry, right? Like maybe right. he got into a little bit of that and just went just a little crazy. Maybe that liquor got his uh, his fucking dander all riled up and he just goes a little wild. But he's a little guy. He's a little bitty bad. guy. Yeah. Yeah. But then you got dogs that are maybe a bit bigger. And one in particular I'm thinking of is Buck from married with children and here's the thing about buck i know you don't know married with children well no i never watched it no so buck he had an inner monologue we knew what buck was thinking and buck buck liked to fuck of course um but he he definitely had commentary 
on this family of people, this dysfunctional family he lived with. And he didn't seem attached to any of them too much. Mm, Okay. So I'm thinking that Al... He's 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 on his uh you know scoring four touchdowns in a single game bullshit. Uh and Peg she's uh you know talking about bonbons and she wants to have sex or whatever. And here comes uh, uh Kelly and Bud and uh you know Kelly boy is she dressed too hot? Oh are we angry about that? And Bud, boy, <laughs> can he never get laid. Um, and here's the kicker. Here's what happens that really just does it. Finally, just one time, they actually interact with the dog. And he's like, that's it. They do know I'm here. Like he thought maybe they didn't know he was here. So they interact with him, ah, right. and he's like, ah, you motherfuckers. And he just the goes at them. Known. Yeah, and the audience is just like going wild. They're loving it. They think it's part of the bit. <laughs> and that's, wow, that's how Buck would murder the Bundys, I guess. That's dark. But the, but the captive <laughs> studio audience thinks it's part of the show. Yeah, they're loving it. Yeah, and I, and I bet, like, just, you know... The, the pros that they were, you know, may, maybe they're they're throwing out some one-liners like, oh, this, is this part of a bit? Now it's just like, oh, fucking uh, no ma'am or whatever one of his weird, stupid things was. <laughs> that show doesn't hold up, I don't think. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's how Buck would have murdered them. <laughs> okay. I've never watched even, I don't think, five minutes of that show. Like, uh, I don't know anything about what it's about well at all it's about okay i'll give you a brief synopsis of married with children on our no pee episode uh it's about a guy who sells shoes and can afford a um i believe three bedroom home with a garage in chicago um and Mm. but also we're supposed to believe he is um he's poor so. Man, those were the days, huh? <laughs> right? <laughs> those were it's the days. It's a goddamn mansion they live in, and he sells shoes. Like, come on. What do you know about a Salem oh. from a, a, a dang old Sabrina. teenage witch show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sabrina. Mm-hmm. I have not seen the, the Netflix one, but I, I did watch... Sabrina the Teenage Witch with Melissa with Joan Clarissa. Hart. Yeah, with Clarissa mm-hmm. herself. And that Salem I loved because, you know, he was snarky. He was. But, sarcastic cat right there. Yeah, I don't remember him having any powers, though. So, like... I think that if Salem was a cat in a modern-day witch family... Right. I think that he would just go fucking crazy and end up killing everybody because he's like... You aren't a witch. You're buying essential oils and rocks. <laughs> Fuck you all. Aww. Fuck you all. Get off of TikTok. Oh, Die. I, I think that's I probably what it. happened. I support you. Enjoy your essential oils, friends. I don't think they'll <laughs> do anything, but that doesn't matter. Enjoy them. Um, I think Salem won't have it, though. Yeah, I think I think that would definitely be an issue. But here's the thing: is that Salem is just a little kitty, 
which makes me think like well uh, you know at worst you get some leg scratches or something but he was super like insulty type of guy he could really he could really cut to the quick so True. i think he slowly drives the the rest of the cast to unalive themselves oh shit yeah yeah he's got that like diabolical hannibal style mind that he's gonna he's gonna have melissa joan hart just like i can't take it anymore could be man it could be damn it's mm-hmm. dark it is it that is. is dark <laughs> we got anybody else to get i don't know that's about eight of them okay, eight of them i think good. so far we end on <laughs> just the saddest idea ever a kitty cat <laughs> making you feel so terrible about yourself yeah it could be but i'm sure that there's all kinds of other um great household pets gone awry <laughs> murdering everyone scenarios that we haven't Certainly. dreamt up we had a couple more written down we had like dino from flintstones oh yeah yeah i, d- I mean i do wonder like what what type of dinosaur is dino supposed to be anyway like it, does know. he eat meat that's a good question because if he does really like sure i could see that going wrong pretty quickly yeah, could be, man. Yeah. Yeah, fucking uh, Suzanne from the, the View Askew universe, the Kevin Smith universe, uh, Lassie. There's all kinds mm-hmm. of positions that could go wrong with these household pets and their cast. So let us know what you think would happen over on our Facebook group. That's the greatest place in the world to discuss these things. I don't really know where else you might do that, honestly. No, no, there's nowhere else in the world that you can discuss exactly what we were just talking about. Probably not. Probably not. So let us know over there. Hang out with your boys and stuff. Uh, We would love to have your presence over on that horrific website that is ruining the world, but making our community better. So hang out with your boys on there. It it really is like we're we're just fiddling over the corpse of Facebook, like... (laughs) Just like, yeah. I hate your fucking app. I hate everything you do, <laughs> but thank you, because these people are friends. Yeah, right? Uh-huh. Uh, what it's can cool. you do? Mm-hmm. All right, Steve, let's talk about No P from 20 and 22, directed by Jordan Peele. Uh-huh. Now, we have previously reviewed his other two flicks on the show. We have mm-hmm. talked about a Get Out. We've talked about an Oos uh-huh. on the show and uh, you and I both are some big old fans yeah, I, I, like I liked us less than you did yeah mm-hmm. um, but let's go ahead and get one thing out of the way here. okay unlike I think a lot of other reviews of this movie I don't really want to view this in comparison to his other works and this yeah, is something why? that yeah, there's no reason it kind of became a question to me while I was thinking about like what all we talk about on this episode where it seems like about every review for this that I read or listened to, people were like, well, in comparison to his first movie, in comparison to his second movie, I would rate it in terms of this in his movies. And I think I was probably even guilty of that myself whenever we did a mini-sode on it last year, whenever this came out. I think I probably rated it in his um, auteur hiography. Uh-huh. And 
I don't know why we do that, and I also don't know what the cutoff is with an artist where you quit rating their works in comparison to their previous works. Because I know right now, like, uh-huh. when the next fucking Steven Spielberg movie comes out, I, I know that there's not going to be any reviews that are like, well, in comparison to his other 52 movies, I'm going to say <laughs> this one is about the 43rd best. Like, yeah. What is the cutoff point where you stop comparing an artist's works to everything they put out before it? Yeah, I... Can we stop? I, I mean, I th- I think it, it doesn't really serve in, in like, talking about a, an individual movie. It only no. serves when you're talking about someone's career. So, yeah, it's it's weird that we do that with new newer directors... That we keep comparing stuff to their last performance and and well and, and look at it this way too like look what Rolling Stone and other publications shitting all over Pinkerton did to Weezer hmm. okay like look what it did it fucking forever changed the trajectory <laughs> of that band because they were just like oh compared to the Blue Album blah 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 also Pinkerton fucking kicks ass and we all realize that now again you get a special bonus treat if it's like oh Ben's talking about Pinkerton again uh-huh. um, <laughs> a common occurrence on this show right. but you know what I mean it's like just even the critique of holding every artist's work to their previous works can fuck them up so yeah. just quit doing it please just grade it on its own merit yeah like maybe maybe if if the worlds carry over where you're comparing Avatar 2 to Avatar 1 or what the fuck ever, maybe it matters at that point, but like none of none of these movies cross over directly with each other. No. It does no benefit to anything to compare Nope to Get Out. Right. It has nothing to do with it. So fucking quit. Right. <laughs> um yeah, I th- I think like it <sighs> It, it, it's it's definitely not helpful because yeah this this movie it has different motivations than Get Out or Us has I mean they're they're definitely Completely. still commentary on race and, and stuff like that going on in here but this is film this film is Jordan Peele making a, a spectacle making a film you need to go see in theater uh, a film that's supposed to be visually stunning and stuff like that like. It it has its its uh, meanings and its depths. I don't think you're gonna find any. Well, you're not gonna find a lot of us style depths. Um, you're not gonna you know see uh, any any like weird mythologies like you get in Get Out, where it's like, wait, what the fuck is going on? Like they can inhabit other right. bodies, uh, but it, it it really plays. It plays in a lot of ways as like homage to Spielberg and, and blockbusters in general, um, and it, it's just like almost like a proof of concept. Like, look, Jordan Peele can direct anything; he can do anything. Don't yeah. peg him into these little holes of of like what you expect each of his movies to be. Yeah, I know, and and that's something that I feel like it must be such a burden for him making yeah. movies where. His first movie, and especially as a black director, and especially as a black director in horror, 
making a movie like Get Out, which is such a a, a statement about race, mm-hmm. yeah. where it's like people just read that as his calling card, and right. they're like, "Oh, you're the race horror guy, right? right. What's mm-hmm. the race message in this one? Let's right. look into it and try to find it." Like, it's kind of like being Shyamalan and being the twist guy, like. Right. Fuck. That has to be annoying for your first thing to have made such a fucking huge impression on the world right. that people think that's all you have to say and that everything that you say is going to be about that. And then they that find must be fucking annoying, man. They find twists in Shyamalan that aren't twists; they're just natural results of narrative. It's just yeah, like, it's right? not a fucking twist. Just because he had a twist before doesn't mean he has a twist every time. Yeah, or it's like just because he cast a, a black actor as the lead in this doesn't mean this is a race commentary movie, right. even. Yeah, though there there definitely is like some stuff about black contributions sure. in Hollywood. It is not yeah. the primary focus, nor is it really uh, elaborated on uh, too much. It, it right. definitely like. What it has is is a the uh, the idea that previously a a black person's contribution had been ignored, and at the end of this movie, uh, a black woman has taken a picture that cannot be ignored. So there, there there's right. kind of yeah. like that, but it's really again, yeah, it's not it's not as um not as entangled with with race as as get out and us and really is is working on some other things though uh and we'll get into there there is something interesting about uh black success and how Mm. um anytime uh black people find success or uh, specifically when black people find generational success that there's always some outside force that will come in and try to take it from them uh and and we'll get into that but uh and I'll, I'll also go ahead and right now put in a disclaimer podcast by two fucking average white dudes sure please yeah. correct us on anything that we're <laughs> saying that is wrong or inaccurate regarding race trails yada yada please educate us honestly like this is just our limited perspective on things sure we're we're two dudes doing a podcast please fix anything that we say that <laughs> yeah. is fucking wrong yeah we please. won't, won't we, take we want any sort learn. of offense we will absolutely accept anything you have it, to say. It, it's crazy how first impressions like that are are such a bitch where yeah, yeah. where people uh, again, come in expecting certain things yeah. because they're building off every everyone's building off previous movies but yeah there is a point where you stop doing that, as you said with Spielberg, well, dude. Nobody's doing like, that. Like, look at it this way: like, how long did James Cameron's career exist as? Oh, Piranha Guy, huh? Fish fucker. What's your next fish movie about? Oh, <laughs> Avatar two. It's in the water. Got it. Called it fish fucker. Fish fucker. Huh? <laughs> Just another fish fucker movie. Titanic, huh? You like water, don't you? Huh? Fish fucker. We all huh? we all forgot about that era where James Cameron was bullied in Hollywood. <laughs> Oh, you did Terminator 2? What's a bad guy? Oh, he's mad out of water, like substance, fish. whatever, fish fucker. Huh? Huh? Actually, I might be figuring this out as I go right now. Yeah. James Cameron might be a fish might fucker. Might just be an aquafile, I, mean, I guess. The Abyss? Come on. <laughs> aquafile. Holy shit, actually. Yeah. I think that we are 
literally figuring this out right now. Okay, so yeah, first impressions, a lot of yeah. times they are true. I think the Titanic might have been on water. <laughs> I'm not positive on that, but... Maybe. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> so yeah what the fuck this is yeah this is this is uh jordan peele's third outing as as director gets a little outside of uh horror uh, and into some sci-fi and even western uh a little yeah, bit yeah definitely yeah the uh, oj's entire story is a western he's in a western yes. everybody else is in something else maybe but he's in a western absolutely for sure man uh, I, I i love his character i love yeah, the portrayal of all that yeah stuff. daniel Kaluuya is so fucking good i fuck yeah i um i think though as i said like this is in a lot of ways doing spielberg style blockbuster so you get influence from like of course close encounters of the third kind um and then uh jaws very much jaws uh, love that also jurassic park with with jupiter and his whole thing and then also Go- the goonies i think just in general with the way that, that this uh group comes together to essentially find one-eyed willie's gold which is a picture of this this alien uh <laughs> yeah dude that's true and, and that's something that's cool about this flick too man is like the the advertising for it was so vague I remember watching the trailers for this and being like, I I think it's about aliens, but I right. have no idea. It was just all kinds of really cool, vague imagery, which, especially in a world of horror trailers that just show you the entire thing and they show you every scary scene in the movie. And once you get to the movie, you've already seen all the scary bits from watching the trailer a hundred times and it's not scary anymore yeah i i really appreciated the marketing and advertising for this where it's like you know what it's a jordan peele movie this guy has proven himself this is going to be better if you don't know what it's about here's some vague stuff also a really vague title Uh whatever you're gonna go fucking see it like that is good advertising to me and i remember like from the trailer thinking that it might be related to aliens in some way and the net effect that I had when I watched this movie for the first time is you go in, as you said, expecting Close Encounters of the Third Kind, right. and then you find out, oh, actually, you're watching Jaws. Right. That is such a fucking cool idea, it man. Is. Like it that is. is a neat twist in itself. Yeah, and and I I really think that like uh, by focusing on characters that are big. And also having as your central character this quiet cowboy type. Hell yeah. It's real cool juxtaposition because, like, you know, uh, Kiki Palmer is just fucking killing it and she is bringing a ton of energy. And then, uh, uh, what's his name? Brand- Brandon Perea, who plays Angel. Like, he's got, like, all sorts of chaotic energy. And then, like,. You know the the cinematographer guy, uh, uh, Antler, Michael like, Wilcott. Man. Yeah, he's a fucking just like uh, like a, a, any moment he talks, he is like the strongest present on screen. And then at, at the center, it's just this quiet guy. And if you're watching this movie and you're struggling to remember who the cinematographer guy is, uh-huh. it's fucking top dollar from the crow, dude. <laughs> It is. It's very much as top. He was also in uh, uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. He was in that uh-huh. as well. He was. Yeah. He's he's 
he's made a pretty good living with his voice sounding villainous. And Dude, his voice sounding fucking subterranean. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love. I mean, I, I I think he's like perfect for this role. That like awesome. I really found interesting, but it wasn't until I read someone compare him to Werner Herzog that I was like, oh <laughs> yes, that yeah, is yeah. kind of what they're going for there. Um, and that checks out. His dedication to his craft and everything. Yeah, he's a really cool character. But yeah, like to have... Oh, and also Jupiter, like just with this bigger-than-life showman-style guy and the central person being quiet, contained. Like, I I think that that is just a really cool dynamic and, and they all serve as like this great foil that shows just how like how cool he is, like how calm he can be. I do like that. And I hadn't really even thought about it until you pointed it out. But yeah, really, every other character in the movie is pretty loud. Yeah. And our mm-hmm. main dude in this is easily the most subdued character in the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's great. I mean, he that, that plays so well. It makes it really it makes his like Western cowboy angle work so well. And dude, I, I love the dynamic between him and his and his sister Emerald in this. Uh-huh. Um, you never really learn exactly what the backstory with these two is, uh-huh. but through the through the writing and through the character portrayals, portrayals, like you definitely feel like there is some unspoken history going on between these two characters. Like you get the impression that that Emerald at some point left to do her own thing, right? Yeah, probably failed or fucked up and came back to just assume a role in the family business. And OJ is kind of resentful of that, but just goes with it because it's family and he's just keeping his head down and doing his job. Yeah, I could see that. I feel like the writing is quality enough to tell you there is a backstory here for sure. Yeah. We're just not taking the time to tell you about it. Yeah, I think think it it feels like she came back... Uh, to take on a role because the dad died, though the uh, the dad played by Keith David, uh, Otis Senior, he does earlier ask where she is, so there was some expectation yeah. that she was involved in the business or whatever. But I think you're right; like she has taken on more of a role, uh, but it's not what she wants to do. She's tried all these other things, uh, which she says is, is primary for for her, but she she is doing this still. Um, and, and why she's doing that seems to be this, uh, you know, not just a familiar connection, as you said, but also like maybe she doesn't have a ton of other stuff going on because like, she's trying to find other places to, she doesn't have a place basically. She's just trying to find places to stay. Yeah. That that is interesting. Yeah. They trust us enough to just get it. Like it's brother and sister. They've been separated for a while. Maybe. Now, in terms of, of OJ, played by Daniel Kaluuya, who I think is just fucking amazing. Dude, that guy yeah, he's great. rules. Mm-hmm. I see some reviews in this movie critiquing his performance, being like, oh, he was so one note. Like, he didn't emote. He didn't express. He was so low-key huh. the entire time. What do you think about that assessment? Because I think <laughs> he fucking knocked it out of the yeah, park, I think right? He did like, too. I, that's a bad assessment. Like, I don't know th- if this is like a regional thing where, where you know, where we grew up here in East Tennessee. There's a lot of farmland. There's a lot yeah, of rural shit. It's a character type. And, 
Yeah, yeah. dude. Like, I have met OJ a hundred times. That quiet, farm boy, keep his head down, do the job guy. Uh Like, I have met that guy a billion times. Like, I feel like there's, like, that guy in every southern friend circle right yeah absolutely and and it, it he fully realizes that character and uh, yeah it it does yeah if if someone thinks he's not doing great yeah i i would think maybe they just don't understand that he is an actual character type this is a type of person that exists very yeah. much just is that calm is that controlled uh doesn't have a lot to say but if they have something to say it's probably pretty smart (laughs) and you had an interesting observation as for why he does remain so collected and chill yeah and kind of stoic all the time yeah he's his dad has taught him since he was a, a young kid to train horses and you have to be calm around horses you cannot the horses right yeah you cannot be spooking the horses you cannot be yelling screaming like his sister does like you know like angel does when he gets there to like uh, set up all the cameras he just screams because his girlfriend broke up with him or whatever like he's all the actors on that set at the first of the movie exactly the horses get prepped they're like well i'm ready to do a take right now right and guess what happens exactly yeah yeah the horse you gotta be calm you gotta be relaxed and so that's he's just done that his whole life it's the person he's grown up to be so like yeah like he he couldn't be another so he's not gonna have a big dramatic like my dad's dead moment like it's (laughs) that shit's not gonna happen (laughs) but he does have like those flat like just like that character type he has these flashbacks of his dad and that's like indicating to us one like teaching us or like showing us how he learned some of these things but also showing us his relationship with his dad like he they were close even though they didn't say a lot they were close there was a question that i have about keith david's character in this we don't learn a lot about the guy right Uh like he's he's in the first five ten minutes of the movie and that's about it yeah but about every farm that I've ever known has themselves a couple of donkeys on the ranch, right? It's true. Got to protect the horses from coyotes. Do you think he ever had an urge to demand to see them ass to ass? That is a joke. Maybe it happened. For people who have seen Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have when you explain it it is and if you haven't you should go see it <laughs> and then you know you can yell at me that i told you to go see it <laughs> yeah yeah they probably did do that at some point he what was if just ass like, to ass was actually just a deeply coded reference to like we want to see a donkey show like we want to see a donkey <laughs> and you doing stuff oh, ass to ass, ass to you know ass um, <laughs> anyway so okay so those are all those those performances are all going on but also second secondary story that ties in we got jupiter over here played by Stephen yeah. young who boy let me tell you is doing an amazing job of portraying a, a an adult who was so traumatized by this childhood event but also is leaning into his entertainer uh, persona. 
Like, it's real interesting, you know, when he, like, gets the chance to talk about what happened. He's very, like, kind of presentational about it. Like, it's almost like he's, you know, when he recounts the SNL skit, it's like he's recounted that SNL skit a ton of times in that exact way. Um, Mm -hmm. But, like, it shows us those flashes of what's basically what's going on in his head is him remembering being under that table covered in blood. Um, So it's like a very complex character and Steven Young does such a great job of like portraying like he's a, he's a showman. He's not going to let any of that out, but it's there. Mm. And uh, it's also yeah. what drives him. I mean, it's the reason, I mean, I, I have, I did see some critiques of this, like, Hey, wh- what was going on with all that Gordy's house shit? Like, how is that important? Like, cause Gordy's not, it's not like the alien had anything to do with any of that. That's just, disconnected but it, it explains why steven young is doing what he's doing well it also deals with other thematic issues but it explains why steven young is doing what he's doing he thinks he's been yeah. chosen like that uh, uh, an animal that has gone wild and would hurt all other people will not hurt him so that's why mm-hmm. he believes this thing in the sky is not going to hurt him he is special he is chosen by this thing right when in reality all that happened is he was hidden under a table under a tablecloth uh-huh and probably the chimp couldn't see his eyes making eye contact with him right and didn't attack him and somebody shot him in the head um <laughs> right and that has led him to believe like oh i'm the tamer of beasts like right i know this bad thing happened to other people but it didn't happen to me i'm probably special which is also kind of tying into this low-lying message in the movie of like what do you call a bad miracle right like is it a miracle that he survived this Mm -hmm. this attack on the set of his show right well he survived that's a miracle but also horrible shit happened to everybody else (laughs) yeah yeah uh yeah that that whole moment is real interesting i love the way it's shot i love what happens in it because like He's he is under the table and he seems to be focused on this shoe that is just standing up. Like that was straight weird up. To me. It is weird, right? Okay. Yeah. This is something that that I was really curious about, especially the first time that I watched this movie. Uh-huh. When he's hiding under the table on the set of this TV show after Gordy has, you know, mauled everybody. Right. Um there's a shoe that's standing straight up. Like yes. I remember in the theater watching this, I was like, okay, so is this somehow tied to the aliens right. or affecting a gravitational field or whatever? But now, like second time through watching it, I wonder if this this vision that we're shown of the past is his own faulty memory and the things that he fixated on at that moment. Like maybe that's it was just a shoe on the ground mm-hmm. and his eyes fixated on that thing and then in his memory it was like and the shoe was standing straight up and that's what got me through this horrific moment like that yeah. was my happy place that i went to or whatever like that is a possibility was the shoe literally standing up because that seems unlikely well people have pointed out that those are keds and keds had a, a big rectangular keds thing on the back and they could do that so really? Oh, there's one way of reading it that it's a faulty memory. 
and and I can see that because it is we are seeing it from his perspective uh, most of the time. Sometimes the camera mm. is showing a different perspective, but most of the time it's him. Other yeah. possibility is that uh, improbable thing happened that the her shoe got flipped off and it landed perfectly and was able to stand up, which is possible with these type of shoes. But he took that significance and added it with him not being attacked by the chimp and made it this like super significant sort of religious moment where well, here's the thing too like in terms of the bad miracle yeah maybe that that shoe landing that way right. was a miracle in a way right and it's honestly his eye contact and focus on that being like whoa that's weird that's that what kept him safe <laughs> yes it's, yes he wasn't making eye contact with the chimp who was like maybe that's what that means that's kind of right. cool and, yeah. and the thing is is like if you've ever lived through some sudden traumatic crazy shit yeah you do remember the weird things that you focused details. or fixated on yeah yeah uh-huh. yeah mm-hmm. at that time like i mean a, a weird shit that i remember from like my, my dad had a near fatal heart attack when i was like a teenager uh-huh. and i remember oddly specific shit that i focused on that morning like yeah. you live through traumatic shit and you do remember the oddly specific thing it's so true. it is true yeah. even if it does seem kind of improbable it's like well that's still kind of probable <laughs> yeah it is yeah and so i uh, yeah I, I i do think that um i think he applies significance wrongly like he he is constantly searching for reason because as a kid this traumatic thing made him think like why the fuck was i not killed it's the survivor's guilt type of thing like nothing Mm. bad happened to me my co-star had her face ripped off like yeah (laughs) what the fuck um and then i have to have her sit in the crowd of my shows with a veil over her mutilated face, <laughs> but wearing a shirt that has a picture of her, of her original a, childhood yeah. face yeah. on her shirt, which is like super fucked. It is way I, fucked, man. I think she, I think this is like the time he got her out to the show. Cause it feels to me like this is a, an event. Like he, Oh yeah. He totally. is trying to bring her out to be like, look like, that was significant and it all mattered and everything okay, about yeah. it meant something. That's something that I was going to say that, that I find about this, um, that I think is a very poignant and very realistic thing about his handling of this trauma that he went through is uh-huh. that human beings have this way of when they live through something, when they are the survivor of something that was absolutely senseless and horrific and unexplainable, right? Whatever that situation might be, we have to find a way to convince ourselves that it was for something. Yeah. There had to be a reason. Yeah. There's no Mm -hmm. way I went through that for nothing. Right. There's no reason why I would survive and other people would die unless there was a reason. Right. Which like, yeah. The first time that I watched this and I was watching Jupiter's character, I was like, oh man, this guy's such like a, you know, he's taking advantage of his own trauma that he's been through to make a buck, whatever. But then you can get more sympathetic about it and be like, well, he is just trying to make the horrible shit that he survived and other people didn't 
be significant because it had to be for something because yeah. if it was for nothing other than random happenstance of this animal went crazy and killed a bunch of people yeah then holy fuck life is brutal and <laughs> yep. senseless and, and random that and chaotic. is what they discover unfortunately that holy fuck nature and life are brutal uh you just can't you, you can't tame it right yeah, you can't this is kind of going it. back to stuff we talked about on last week's episode with the girl with all the gifts yeah. it's just like well Nature is a fucking beast. <laughs> Nature dude. does whatever it wants, and yeah, you man. can. And that's why that's what like OJ is saying the whole time is like he's he's learning the rules of this animal and how yeah. he can come into some sort of agreement with this animal. And then when he figures out he can't, what they can do to get, like stop the animal or get you know at the very least get this picture. Um, I, I, I think it's real interesting that like, um, we, we have like these character arcs where, uh, you know, as we just said that, you know, uh, Jupiter is, is learning that, you know, uh, he, he wasn't special and sometimes things are just terrible and brutal and, and horrible. Uh, and, and then you got OJ who learns like he, his arc is, 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 more minor it's much like a cowboy arc where it's like he goes from uh you know not being fully confident as an animal trainer to being much more confident and being the guy that being more like his dad in in a positive way i i i think that like his his outlook the oj outlook that like you know meaning shifts i guess is what i'm trying to say his outlook is that like uh you know with each animal you're gonna have to train differently each each situation you're gonna have to react differently and you're gonna have to have a different set of skills and stuff it's almost like uh jupiter tries to put meaning to everything and uh oj just tries to live in the moment and understand the situation and mm-hmm. and and that's how he survives that's how he adapts that's how he overcomes well and it's interesting too because you know at the start of the movie where we're introduced to OJ and his sister uh, Emerald, Emerald uh-huh. on the set of that of that show that they're they're filming with the it's horse commercial or I think commercial yeah. or whatever yeah. it is uh-huh. yeah like OJ comes across as being very shy yeah. and insecure mm-hmm. he keeps his head down he doesn't really talk to anybody he's very soft-spoken and then m comes on the scene and she's big and loud and so, yeah, boisterous and energetic a, yeah super super charismatic whereas he is much more withdrawn yeah and something that i caught again especially this time the second time around watching this movie is that through so much of the movie like even in talking to people like on the set of that of that thing that they're filming, like he avoids eye contact. He is constantly looking down at the ground. Right. And again, partially that goes back to his training of like, don't look the animals in the eyes. Don't spook the Uh horses, but it comes across as very insecure. It does. Uh huh. Though he's not at the end of the movie. No, not at all. He understands the nature of dealing with these creatures. Right. And at the end of the movie, it turns out that the one that isn't the big, boisterous, look him in the eye, tame the beast guy, you know, force the animal into submission guy, is the guy that figures out, okay, 
don't look at this fucking thing. Right. Even though it's the craziest, scariest thing that you've ever seen in your life, yeah. don't look at it and you'll be safe. Uh-huh. Um, this guy that kept his head down the entire movie was right. Right. Yeah. That, yeah, it's 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 a it's um it's interesting too cuz his M's M is kind of valid. Like her 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 arc is basically like she know she like knows there's some star quality about herself. Like when she's doing the introduction thing like, you know, she she says exactly what her dad says except, you know, uh, she needed with to flair, add, her, yeah. yeah, with a lot more flair, and she needed to add an extra grate because she's just so used to hearing her dad say it. Um, but she also like names all these other things she does, and it's like she hasn't found direction. She hasn't found like a, a goal, a calling, or anything. And it turns out it's this. Like uh, OJ talks about like seizing the moment, and and like she she's the one who does that she's the one who like catches that exact moment of the the alien just like opening up and and going after that that uh jupiter balloon um yeah and 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 like those those three major arcs are so fucking interesting to me that you you've got like yeah just like full realization of the these character arcs and 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 jupiter is done by an hour in like he, you understand everything about jupiter i think watching this movie um within an hour of the movie he's he's dead and gone and you're you understand his entire arc yeah like like capitalism is his catharsis like right. he is trying to exactly Turn his own personal trauma uh-huh. into spectacle. Because, again, otherwise yep. it, it doesn't mean anything that he went through all that stuff. So yeah. he's just trying to find a way to turn it into a buck and stay relevant yep. and uh, live off of this reputation of, of yeah, Gordy, this this TV show that he was on that went wrong. Yeah, and, and Kid up his, Sheriff. His Jupiter Ranch. <laughs> yeah, Kid Sheriff. Kid what Sheriff. the fuck that is that? Look, the, the picture on it was like the, the Holes poster. But it was like the same as the the well yeah, yeah, yeah. picture. That was cool. Yeah. yeah. Also, that the kid playing young Jupiter was perfect. Holy shit! Oh, yeah. Great casting. So good. Yeah, and I liked how he like because that kid can act. I like how he like fake bad yeah. acted. That was good. <laughs> like he he like made made that one mistake and then like when he came back he kind of messed the lineup a little at the end kind of like he was nervous because he made the mistake that was good fucking acting that was good man you know going back to the gordy flashback scene this is something that i read after the fact and i meant to go back and watch for it Uh uh, but i don't remember seeing this but i read that in the scene after gordy has like killed all those people Uh uh-huh Apparently in sign language. Oh yes, he he says to Jupiter like, "What happened, family?" or right. something like that. Yes, which yeah. is really fucked up. It shows that like this animal wasn't even conscious of what it was doing. It yeah. just got spooked by this balloon popping and was an animal for a little while. Right, and then is like, "What happened to my family?" Right, like wasn't even conscious of what it did. Like. Yeah. You can't even get mad at the fucking thing for doing what it did. It's I a know. fucking animal. Yeah, I know. It's, I mean, like, and, and there is a reason why you don't really use chimps 
and, and stuff like this because chimps are particularly scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they will straight yeah. up rip your nuts off. Oof, uh, man. Yeah, don't want that. I I, no. I really want to talk about one other character, though, that is just so weird. And that is the motorcycle guy from TMZ that shows up. That like, was a weird one, dude. That was like a, a new character in the third act of the movie where yeah. it, it's this unnamed, unfaced, chrome helmet mm-hmm. character with an eye hole in the helmet that right. just shows up out of nowhere. And you're like, who the fuck is this now? Right. Um, that that was strange. I remember even seeing that character in the trailer and being like, is this like a fucking assassin what is this fucking character is this a government agent it does it does have that feel of almost almost like even like is he an alien like does he work with this thing or something yeah that's interesting but like it then turns out to be a tmz guy who is investigating trying to get a scoop on this you know 40 people being sucked up into the sky thing now I, what he's doing there is interesting because the movie is about spectacle. In fact, the word spectacle said a lot by Jupiter and he really like yeah. is pointing out like spectacle. Like that's what we're going for. The big flashy thing. Um, and he is like the opposite of that, but it's, it's still like TMZ is like the lowest form of that. It's like the 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 bad miracle version of that, where it's like they mm. turn everything into spectacle. Literally any single thing is spectacle. Uh, and in fact, when he's all crashed and, and fucked up after his, his uh, electric uh, motorcycle hits that anti-electric field, um, he's like, why aren't you taking a picture? Like, get my camera, take a picture. Like, he thinks that is the spectacle when there is a goddamn gigantic alien up in the sky uh and it, it's kind of <laughs> commentary i think in some ways on tmz and on like honestly just like not necessarily uh saying things like youtube or, or tiktok or lower forms of, of of filmmaking but saying that like some things are bigger some things don't uh, fit onto the the phone screen like kind of almost again kind of like commentary on the film itself like the film is saying like you can't you can't lose the movie theater you can't Mm. lose that theater experience you can't just turn to all these like smaller screens and uh, like smaller spectacles and things because that the magic of film the magic of hollywood is being able to bring you something that looks big and exciting and and bright and it cha- like it makes your mind go all sorts of places like uh, it's it's interesting to introduce that character that late but it also yeah. does something that kind of helps like in that moment like you 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 don't know why you need an electric bike there <laughs> but whenever Kiki Palmer needs to get away, whenever Emerald needs to get away, you have that bike there. Now, could we have introduced it in a different way? Maybe. Could they have introduced it a little bit earlier? 
Possibly. But I'm cool with it when it does happen. Mm-hmm. It is weird, yeah, though. It I, is I get odd. that. Well, and the whole like way that the, the the alien disrupts all electrical fields and fucks up, you know, electrical devices is a great way to, right? As we constantly have to do in horror movies, deal with the cell phone, deal right. with the electronics. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. how do you knock all the technology out? Yeah. Well, this thing emits this crazy electromagnetic field yeah. that knocks everything around it out of commission. Well, that's it, a cool way to get around. That. And it also, like, again, it's meta commentary on the movie because this movie is shot on film. In IMAX, the first horror movie ever shot in IMAX. This is Rad. a film fucking movie. And it's it's saying, like, just imagine, like, electronic shit can't do things that film can do. Here's, mm. an, here's an outrageous instance where that might be true. But also, look at the gorgeousness of this film. This is what no film kidding, can right? do that digital can't. Mm-hmm. This is a gorgeous ass movie. Yeah, it looks like, great. Whether you like it or not, holy shit! The cinematography, yeah, the vastness of the landscape, man. The way that they filmed this in that 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 California desert and these plains and caverns and in the mountains and all that, dude, it looks absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, like it, it really highlights the the smallness of the people in the environment. Like we've talked about with movies like The Witch. And, yeah. Uh, even the Northmen and shit like that. Uh, like I really, I really enjoy that when movies make the people small in the largeness of yeah, the environment. I this agree. Movie fucking kills that. It absolutely does. The cinematographer Hoyt Van Hoytema, uh, who is is a, what do you call it? A Dutch, a Dutchman. Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he did cinematography for uh, Let the Right One In. Oh, really? Cinematography Tight. for uh, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy, The Fighter, Her, uh, Interstellar, Spectre, all sorts of big, gigantic wow. movies. And uh, you, he, yeah, I mean, I've seen all those movies I just named. And uh, to to bring in an IMAX camera and that cinematographer to shoot a sci-fi horror film is badass it's awesome like, yeah it is. i love yeah. that i love that jordan peele knows he just has this like blank check and he can do whatever he wants and he and because it keeps succeeding he can just keep pushing it he can just keep pushing the boundaries and and the 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 edges of what they'll allow him to do well and it seems appropriate too in a movie that is so fucking eye obsessed it would make yeah Fulci blush like really <laughs> like this movie is so eyeball centric he'd be like what's up with all that, the eyes i don't understand <laughs> yeah right. oh the eyes like it is so very focused on viewership and yes, yeah. consuming things like yeah i, I mean the, the way that the way that oj and m's dad dies is by getting a nickel uh-huh. through his eye the way the horse yeah. gets spooked is because it looks at this thing the yeah. way that the uh, the way that Gordy started attacking is because it sensed the aggression of looking in the eyes. Right, Even yeah. the way that the ship turned alien, more on that in a second, uh-huh. um, you know, seeks aggression is by looking at it in its eye. And even the the eye, or at least what we perceive as the eye in this alien creature is what it consumes through. Like, it eats <laughs> people through its ocular right. spectrum. Mm-hmm. 
Um, this all seems so fucking significant. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, and also, um, uh, Jupiter's comment in his speech right before they're all eaten, he says, we're all, we are being sur- surveilled by an alien species I call the viewers. Like, the movie yeah. is obsessed with uh, both the camera and the viewer. Uh, and, and eyes, as you said, the the the, the lens uh, through which we view, um, and yeah, it 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 definitely is is including, you know, some messaging. I guess just really about like how we view and what we view. Um, I, and I again, I don't, I don't think this film is saying anything in particular is bad. What it is saying though is that. Some things are spectacular. Some things are big mm-hmm. and amazing and need to be heard and experienced in the best possible conditions. Uh, and and that's why, you know, their aim is to get the Oprah shot. Like, you don't want to just show people that you saw an alien. You don't want to just get a video that you saw an alien. You want to get an IMAX shot uh, at, at fucking magic hour of an alien. <laughs> like that's, yeah, that is like, that is our desire. Our desire, like our eyes give us so much pleasure. The, the, the lens through which we view all these things give us so much pleasure. And also, uh, you know, one, one could say that there is something that disconnects us in many ways from a lot of animals uh, is, is that aggressiveness that can come from eye contact. But this movie still is like indicating that in the background. You, you have at that, um, at that diner, you just have those, um, those two different teams like it's like a rugby team maybe or a, a soccer team or something in the background there's two different teams they just start fighting with each other uh it's, yeah. it's like this indication that there's still some like animalness to us but yeah there's a, there's something very like elevated about the way that we can use our eyes and we can make eye contact and it doesn't have to have aggression to it and that that our eyes can both intake all this stuff, but also that we can use what we see to create something that's a spectacle that is spectacular. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the the film is very much getting at that lens idea of the the camera has a lens, the eye is a lens, uh, and and also as you said, yeah, the thing consumes through its eye, which is like very much both how the camera works it consumes the light coming through the lens and how how we as the viewers are we consume with our eyes and and the better and more beautiful that thing is the more you know enjoyment we get out of it oh yeah and i think that's especially poignant when you look at when this movie came out and how so many of us have been deprived of the experience of going to a movie and seeing the spectacle for the past couple of years due to the pandemic. Right. Um, it's pretty perfect timing for this yeah. to, uh, <laughs> to come out when it did. Well, right? and that's what his aim was too. Like he, he set out to make a movie to get people to go back to the theater. Um, so fucking success. <laughs> yeah. 
it, it seriously looks amazing. The bigger the screen you can watch it on and the yeah. bigger the sound system you have access yeah, to. Yeah, that the, sound mixing. The sound design. Ooh. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. It is absolutely fucking awesome, man. And, you know, one thing you, you mentioned a second ago about the, yeah, the, the alien consuming through its eye, that just kind of, like, brought back the imagery in the movie of whenever all those people get sucked up into the into the creature, which at that point you still think is a, a flying saucer. You yeah. think like, oh, it's, oh, they're going it's to beaming space. them up, right. Scotty. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. But like it shows them getting sucked up into this uh, tube <laughs> yeah. thing. Like it, and everybody's panicking uh-huh. and being crushed and freaking out. And then like at the last second, you see what looks like a partially digested, digested horse, horse yep. skull. <laughs> yep. And you're like, holy fuck, what the fuck is going on here? And you realize, like, oh, this is, like, what it's like being swallowed by a fucking shark, where it's just like, oh, I'm in the smooth interior now. Oh, there's bones. Oh, (laughs) fuck, I'm being eaten. That is so cool. And, dude, the effect that they used for that is so minimal and probably cost the least of any special effect in this movie. Like, it looks like they're just being sucked up through some, like, a tarp. Or something right, like yeah, a, or like a like, big balloon. Yeah, it looks like pool toys at certain points. It's a, a par- parachute material, just right? Something cheap. <laughs> yeah, it, but it looks so it looks cool great. and yeah. otherworldly. Uh-huh. Like you have no idea what's going on, man. Like it kind of it kind of gave me flashbacks to movies like um, like Fire in the Sky, where yes. you're like, "Holy fuck, what is happening right now?" <laughs> Absolutely, I thought about Fire in the Sky uh, while watching it and wanted to watch it but didn't, just didn't have the time but it, it that that all yeah that totally hit me because like there there is a language of alien stuff you know where like we've had enough like uh uh you know uh alien uh horror movies or sci-fi movies or whatever that you get a, a an idea of what you're gonna see but when you see the interior of that thing it is so fucking alien. It feels so yeah. weird. Even though, as you said, it kind of reminds me of Fire in the Sky. Kind of reminds me of some other stuff. It still doesn't. It still doesn't hit the notes of what the fuck am I seeing? I'm still just right. like, huh? That is interesting. Like, how would that work if that's internal organ? Like, it's it's, it's cool really too cool. because you know the movie. One of the first shots in the movie after that, like cryptic. Uh, Bible verse or whatever that starts uh-huh. to be out with, yeah, Nahum is a shot. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's like a shot from the interior of the creature. It's like this yeah. weird uh-huh. square aperture and this tarp-like material leading around it, which is so similar to like when you think about old-timey cameras. It looks like that kind of yeah. accordion and, ass, you know, camera aperture sort of thing. And then you see that at the very end of the movie when the creature starts morphing into all those different shapes and kind of reveals its eye as looking like that square aperture, uh-huh. you know, medium format camera looking shit. Yeah. That is its eye. It is what it consumes through. It's like the camera consumes everything in front of it all types of tragedy and spectacle that are before it right yeah i i um i also find it 
I mean, interesting because as you said, it's got it's got that uh, verse that says I'll, I'll uh, you know pelt you with filth and all that stuff, which kind of indicates some stuff that's going to come later. That the well comes pretty much immediately, you know, at the beginning there uh, with uh, the dad getting hit with the nickel, which is essentially everything that the alien can't consume everything that it, it doesn't like it spits back out yeah um and that's interesting when you consider the alien as a viewer as a consumer that um it it sucks up the things it likes and then just like vitriolically spits out all the shit it hates uh which kind of is the way we consume stuff normally we if we like uh, a movie completely we're just gonna enjoy it that's it but if I mean, we dude, we're, we're two dudes that do a podcast right this is exactly literally what we exactly. do is like we spew we out have this warm fucking about, vitriol sure yeah, yes. yeah we love the stuff that we love about it yeah. and then we just spit the shit out back that we don't at, like yeah uh-huh yeah that we didn't like about it exactly who cares who it hurts or damages exactly in the process. yes exactly yes that is Fuck, exactly we're part of the problem <laughs> Fuck. that's okay i think it's part of the process i don't i don't think uh, that jordan peele is saying anybody involved in any of this is wrong i think he's just furthering his uh his um uh thematic idea that there is important there's importance in the spectacle in going to the theater and seeing big beautiful movies shot in the best possible conditions and things like that um yeah but i do think that like that uh that that spitting things back out thing um has some interesting it like plays out interestingly because we do see later that it spits out a bunch of blood and there's a few things that are going on there for sure where it's like sucked up what it's used to eating a horse it eats one horse uh and it sucks up 40 people and like wheelchairs and all sorts of shit uh so it would make sense that maybe it, that it's vomiting is what's happening. It overindulged. I was wondering and about it vom- that. It's vomiting, yeah. right? Like you get that that amazing scene in the house where it's pouring buckets of rain, and then it's just like raining blood. Yeah. And it, you know, the again, the first time versus the second time watching this was very different. Where when I'm thinking about this, you know, what I was perceiving as a ship at that time being like, oh no, this is a big animal. This uh-huh. is like a big dog or right. a bison or something you're like is this thing just throwing up all over the house is it marking its territory <laughs> yes what is, is it, it marking doing? its territory because it it goes over to the house directly stops over the house and then just dumps all that shit on the house it feels it's so like badass looking. yeah it feels like it is making a territorial move and it's right yeah. after I'm, I'm pretty positive either it's right after or right before uh that um oj has that flashback where he's talking where he, his dad is telling him about uh one of the horses acting all territorial and stuff so it's like it kind of indicates that that's what's happening is that you know they keep pissing it off 
they keep angering it, but it's not getting them. And that's frustrating it more and more and more, which is why eventually it reveals its true full self. Cause it's trying to be like, look at me, motherfucker. This is how big I am. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they, I think that is exactly what's happening there where it's just like, it's had a couple shots at them and not gotten them. And it's saying like, this is my play. This is where I eat. You need to go. Yeah. Because uh, it's maybe recognizing their other predators, perhaps because he can't, he yeah. can't get them. And, and that's kind of led up to by when it eats that like decoy horse, and it has uh-huh. that uh, that kind of like banner thing uh-huh, that just hangs hanging off out. of it. Uh-huh. And you can kind of see it hanging out of the of the creature, basically. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> again, second time around, watching it, knowing that it's not a ship, it's an animal. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> It couldn't help but like remind uh-huh. me. This is so bad, but dude, I, I you, think I know you where have, you're going, <laughs> dude. If you have long hair and you have dogs, you probably know what I'm talking about here. When you have long hair and you have dogs, and then you take them out and they shit, mm-hmm. and they have a bunch of your hair hanging out of their asshole, yeah. and you kind of have to yank it out. <laughs> like whenever that thing was flying around with that pennant hanging out yeah. of the of the ocular hole, whatever. It's like that is. <laughs> That is like your hair hanging out of his butthole, exactly. right? That's exactly what's yeah. What you started talking about, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you have longer hair. Exactly, you know. I have had to deal with exactly that. Boy, yeah, that's really funny <laughs> to think about it now because that is essentially just just a big sky dog, dude. Just that's a big all that sky it is. Dog with a with some plastic hanging out of its butt. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, that's all that it is that's the cool thing too because we've talked about this a million times with movies we've covered in the past so like jaws or sea fever or jurassic park where nature isn't a villain so this isn't a villain yeah it's an animal no. it's acting like an animal it eats here well, the, they're the in same the way. way it's like is the horse that freaks out at that shoot a bad guy? No. No. Absolutely is not. Is Gordy a bad guy? No, he didn't no. do anything wrong. He's a fucking chimp. He shouldn't be on a, a movie set or a TV set. Yeah, people shouldn't think they should be able to use this thing for entertainment. That's the problem. Yeah, exploitation is is definitely a theme throughout this. Not only the exploitation yeah. of, of uh, you know, uh, animals, but also, you know, the exploitation of, say, uh, uh, people behind the scenes, the way that people are treated in Hollywood, uh, the way that people's uh, efforts are overlooked. I think that is kind of uh, a part of what Jordan Peele was going for. Because if you pay attention, when you get to the end, you get the Nope title card, and then you go to the credits. Normally, it would be directed by Jordan Peele. That's not what happens. You see the unit producer, the first assistant director, and se- second assistant director. Uh, cool. And then you see the cast. You see all sorts of stuff. Like he, he, he's trying to like. I think he's trying to like make a point uh, while also like highlighting everyone else's efforts and stuff like that. But it, 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 it seems like the movie is talking about how you know children, animals, etc., can be exploited in the entertainment industry. Hmm. Um, and. You know, uh, there, we all know the child star syndrome of like, you know, a lot, a lot of child stars end up because of things that happen on sets and things end up having bad lives and, and not being able to really adapt because they've been traumatized by stuff. And this is kind of like dealing yeah. with some of that. 
though it's taking it to an extreme, of course. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's very much how, you know, the, the camera animal in this thing that lives in the sky and consumes everything kind of does to, to child stars, like the camera eats them alive. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, yep. we, and we look at it as entertainment. Yep. Uh, especially in the age of reality TV and all that kind of, you know, fetishization of right. these damaged people that have been fucked up by the entertainment industry that yep. we all consume or whatever. I mean, that's like, why that the TMZ is, guy's that, there, yeah. right? It's not just yeah. 40 people died at this amusement park. It's 40 people died at former child stars amusement mm-hmm. park. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the focus, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I mean there the exploitation uh angle is there and like, you know, of course the the history of their their family uh has this unnamed Bahamian jockey in in the, you know, original uh, motion picture uh it's it, you know and and it's it's interesting that like you know looking back on it she is able to say like uh he was the you know the first stunt man the first like you know uh the first actor star, et cetera, yeah. first movie star all those things uh but at the time it was just uh pictures like they didn't even have a concept of what it was going to be I, I I wish I would have like written this down, but the original title of that piece names the horse. It doesn't name right. the jockey. Yeah, um, which uh, apparently it's never it's never been verified if that was a uh, a, a black jockey. On Though that there were horse. a ton of black jockeys like at the, the time. majority yeah. of jockeys were so yeah. more than likely it was. Yeah, but it, at the at the very least, the jockey. Uh, wasn't even named. Right. They name yeah. dropped the horse. Yeah. So again, there's there's an exploitive element there from mm. the get go, from the beginning right. film. Yeah. Just uh, black black people going uncredited for their work. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there there's definitely something there where like, you know, they they they're definitely like they know what they do in the industry, like. Whenever, uh, you know, um, OJ is talking about his first experience in film, he, he talks about working on Scorpion King. No judgment is ever applied to what that movie is. It's a job. It is a job that you go do. You take the horse to the thing. You come back. You, you feed the horses. You do whatever the next job is. Uh, like, it's real interesting because like so much of of the entertainment industry really is just a job it's something you go and do every day or you go and do every once in a while or whenever you do it um but it 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 is far less spectacular behind the scenes than it is in front of the screen right Mm. Mm -hmm. and i i think there's like there's something to like you know what i guess i'm getting at the exploitation that's often involved and you know the the facts of of, you know each individual person and and their own actions and stuff the the behind the scenes stuff is far less of a of a spectacle and again why i think the tmz guy is is kind of important because it's kind of pointing out like yeah what they do like it it passes time but it's not it's not the spectacle. It's not the beauty. It's not the thing that your eye wants to see. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yep. 
You know, going into this movie thinking that it was an an aliens movie and that there would be little gray men with big bulging black eyes and the heart of this UFO or whatever, uh-huh. and then having this reveal that it was like, oh, it's it's not a flying saucer. That's just what this animal looks like. How did you feel about that reveal? Did you want it to be aliens in a ship, or were you like, "Holy shit, the ship is on alien"? No, I loved that twist. I loved, I loved that because it really like just got me. Because you, you know, we had the 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 scariest or most tense scene up to that point was uh, Jupiter's kids dressed up in those alien costumes and like they were creepy as shit and making those like chittering noises and stuff and like coming around that was the like corners. signs Look. level yeah. fucking weird and, and uh signs was is one of the movies that uh that jordan peele has named as uh having influence on this movie and and that's exactly cool. what that felt like and at that moment when i'm watching it that's what i'm thinking i'm gonna get when that Dude, first time shifted, when it got to it that like, scene what <laughs> Yeah. Holy shit. That scared the damn shit out of me in the theater when he's like creeping around those stables and dude. Yeah. yeah, Those weird alien creatures are Mm -hmm. in the dark and peeping around corners and shit. Yeah. It didn't have the same effect the second time around because I knew what was coming and I knew that it was fake. Yeah. Yeah. I I think Um, it. Yeah. The the fact it does that and then it does the praying mantis jump scare right after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting because I, f- I feel like the magnitude of the 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 animal it, it's a, it's a shift in fear from that creeping alien fear and that jump scare fear to fear of nature because our mm. our fear of nature is innate. It is there. It is we know from the get go. Like, don't touch the danger noodle. Like, just we get that our brains have evolved in some way to understand nature is scary as fuck so it feels like that creeping alien scene is the scariest moment because there's building suspense and all that stuff but absolutely every moment that the animal is involved is frightening as fuck it's a gigantic flying animal that sucks you up from the ground into its eye and eats you that is so fucking scary it it sky jaws like that's the thing about it man like jaws you want to not get eaten cool stay out of the fucking water stay on the beach what do you you, don't go to your house (laughs) yeah what can you fucking do it's like don't look at it i guess is all that you can do um but I remember whenever we watched this for the first time, and again, you're thinking the whole time, it's a flying saucer, it's a UFO, and then there's this one shot where it's kind of making this wide banking turn, and it kind of reveals its underside, and it has this sort of rippling, like it almost looks like the flesh of like a stingray yeah, kind, kind of, of uh-huh. look to it, where you can see like kind of waves mm-hmm. and ripples from the wind, and you're like, what? It looks kind of soft. It looks fabric What the fuck? It looks... Yeah, it looks like a a flying jellyfish made of fabric, and that's interesting. It's so alien and so weird because it we don't know just how solid it is, and by the end, it's just like an unfurled sheet. You know, it's just it's a gigantic like a parachute. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, so like, but it can still consume you. It doesn't have the weight. Of, of, a, of a much larger creature, but it's gigantic and has the power to suck you up from the earth. Like, man, it's when that thing starts like 
evolving. And I, I don't know if it's because it got partially shredded up on the insides because it ate Angel, who had wrapped himself in the barbed wire to keep himself safe. I don't know if that's what triggered it or I, if it was just in, like, I'm final predator mode form. I'm going to show you what I really fucking am and intimidate you. I don't know what caused the change. But whenever that thing starts, like, going all, yeah, billowy and tendrily and kind of like man war or jellyfish-like, yeah, I think it's, it was blowing my mind. It's doing... Okay, so, you know, predators, when they uh, attack their prey, they don't have to enter their fucking frightening form they just you know yeah they sneak up sneak on up you. on it they use their frightening form to scare other thems um and i think that's what's happening there is that the the animal has recognized them as like foes and like other oh, predators yeah. and so it is becoming its big scary form to be like look at me look how big i fucking am you need to either get out of here or get eaten <laughs> like i, I it's kind of like how a, a cat doesn't do the the back arch and puffy fur when it's sneaking up cool on a mouse it exactly grabs it but yeah. if it's trying to intimidate something that it knows is about to prey on it yeah then it will assume the freaky form yeah and that's like uh i mean yeah they're they're so badass in that end too it's like he's the cowboy she's fucking akira sliding on a bike like they're, yeah they're they are they are intimidating to this thing even though it's gigantic it is having so much trouble with them and it they have done so much to like just frustrate the the creature that it wants to to scare them entirely and yeah that that final form is so cool it's uh, it's amazing yeah it's based off of uh uh, an one of the angels from Neon Genesis Evangelion. I have not watched no that. No shit. Yeah, but I haven't either. But it, it's funny because I was like literally about to say it almost looks like a you know inconceivable angelic form to me, yeah. where it is mm-hmm. this like your brain can't really wrap its head around what it's seeing. Like, yeah. what's the arms and legs? What's the body? Where's its head? It's just this weird flowing mass which then like doesn't that add to the mythology if you think about like is this what people have been thinking were angels throughout time like people being taken up into heaven by angels was this alien like eating people throughout time whoa i hadn't thought about that (laughs) yeah that's fucked up it could be so like there's definitely like so much interesting mythology and stuff going on here that when i i read that like there had been talk about possible sequels i was like i can see that i can see maybe going into this a little bit more because there are so many possibilities when you've created such an interesting creature and i i can't remember what Jordan Peele has a name for them. I think it was it was like a, a cloud sounding name that like, huh. uh, but yeah, that the, there's like so much possibility for investigating just what that is. Now, I, I, I don't know just how you do that. Like, I, I don't know how you'd make a Jordan Peele sequel, but I'd kind of like to see it. It sounds like something like a fun challenge, right? Like, how do you make yeah, this give me like, more about that exactly how does he how does because sequels you know i don't know if has spielberg ever done a sequel is Good that question a, i mean cameron mm. of course has but yeah to make a I sequel to a, a film like this like 
would be interesting. But it's almost kind of like, you know, it's still a good self-contained story. It doesn't have to go outside of this. We don't have to know anything more about this species. We can really just speculate and be like, oh, that's really cool. And and just stop there. Hmm. Damn, man. Yeah, I'm with you, though. Like, I would like to... I would like to know more about this. I, I think that the idea of it not being intelligent life out there in the universe, right. where it's just like, maybe there's there's planets of just these fucking dumb animal predators like we have here on Earth, mm-hmm. only they're massive and ultra-powerful and yeah, can destroy Yeah, hide like, in clouds, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like The idea that it has to be these ultra-civilized, ultra-technologically advanced little gray men in a flying saucer traveling across the galaxy it's like okay intelligent life that's cool but kind of the idea of like no there's unintelligent life out there that just wants to fucking eat you that's scarier it is it is (laughs) yeah it's just a gigantic uh, cloud creatures it's just like i'm a people eater out there man yes oh that scene is so good that scene and it's so close to being bad like it could could be be really bad it could be and if somebody said like Oh, I hated that scene. I'd be like, all right, all right. But I, I think that the way it's played as a little bit silly, but Michael Wincott, like, is his voice is able to make it creepy. And yeah. because he's able to make it creepy, it, it works. Did you ever see, though, a movie that came out in either the late 80s or early 90s called flying purple people eater no okay it had like ned Beatty in it it was it was like a kid's movie i remember seeing it as a kid and feeling like i had a fever or something (laughs) it's like (laughs) wait what i thought the song was about how he was scary or whatever (laughs) could you imagine like dropping in on a conversation between michael wincott the guy that plays the dad and the witch and Tom Waits all having a conversation. <laughs> like, what would that? What would that sound like? <laughs> Tony Todd <laughs> comes in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he says. <laughs> <laughs> it would. It would say. It would sound like tectonic plates just rubbing on each yeah. other. We might have it an would. earthquake. Yeah. <laughs> Subterranean crypts opening. That's what it sounds like, dude. Yeah. That'd be oh great. Oh my god! Yeah, Wincott fucking kills it in this. He's yeah, he so does. fucking good. He's man. so good, and his his character like his arc is very interesting because like he we see him they when they call him he's just on his own time. He's edited together all this footage of predators, uh, and and predators' eyes, and he's just like. He understands the assignment, dude. He does. He's a he's an absolute weirdo. And like when they mention the impossible shot, like the idea of getting an impossible shot, he's just, he kind of like he's interested because he does what you can see on his face. He wants to get this impossible shot, but he also doesn't. He's not taking them seriously. He tells her, like, you know, that, that, that mountain you want to get on top of and have everybody see you up there, you're not, you're not going to get there. Uh, but then after what happens at Jupiter's Ranch, he realizes, like, oh, shit, is that what they were talking about? Is that what they want? That's when he becomes fully interested and invested in catching whatever it is. Uh, and, and 
he is clearly he's taking pills. We see him at one point. So he's either like got an addiction or he's dying. And hmm, I hadn't thought about that because he is awful willing to be like, whatever, I'll fucking kill myself to get this shot. Who cares? Which I mean, it kind of fucks them. It, it sucks that he does it because Angel then is like, no, what the fuck? And like, you know, he comes out and he's staring and now the thing goes after him, which then sucks up the film, which then gets destroyed. Like, I I think to me, he had to, it had to be pills. Like he had to be just popping some sort of pain pills or whatever. And that was bravado. Mm. That was just like, I'll get it. Like I'm, you know, such a badass that I can get this shot. Uh, and he couldn't, he couldn't get the shot cause nobody's as badass as this gigantic thing. Um, and then, yeah, angel, he, you know, quite smartly connects himself to barbed wire ECW style. <laughs> he does go full ECW. You're right, yeah. man. Fucking barbed wire and tarp match over here. <laughs> and so he survives, though. I imagine he's got some a broken leg or something at the very least. Oof. Yeah, but yeah, I, that that moment. I, yeah, I think he because they they got he got so much good stuff that would have looked so great. He didn't need this, and that that's like I think he he. He almost it, it's bravado, like he's going even further over the top. He's gonna get a direct eye to eye shot of it, and uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's kind of the perfect end for him because that's as I said, he had been like watching that footage of predators and staring at their eyes and stuff. It kind of set up like he has this like this penchant maybe for you know poking the bear maybe mm-hmm. just to see the reaction going f- a little bit further than anybody else might go and and that is what kills him in the end yeah what did you think about the the elements of of humor in this movie like i feel like <laughs> with you know with, with jordan peele you always expect there to it, be yeah. an element yeah. of humor in there of course if you know him from key and peele and in this movie i thought that the balance of of humor versus suspense and action was was really balanced. I thought that it all yeah. felt very mm-hmm. logical. Like yeah. there wasn't really any really out of place. Like, did we really need a joke right now? Really, right. kind of elements to it. I thought it was all very well done. Right. And, I mean, Kiki Palmer is is fucking magnetic. So like, you're bringing her in to be Kiki Palmer, and uh, she's you know she's just gonna be funny. It doesn't matter if you give her comedy. She's going to make it funny. And then Angel is bringing like that weird emo energy that is funny. Like when he he just like starts screaming all of a sudden. It's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Who is this guy? Yeah. Um, And and yeah, the one I want to fly in purple people in your scene. It's like, it's creepy, but it's also funny. Like that's a silly fucking song. It's really funny to slowly repeat it in that Michael Wincott voice. Uh, But uh, even even moments with... uh, with Daniel Kaluuya, uh, fuck. Kaluuya. How did he say his last name? You said Kaluuya. it right, Kaluuya, yeah. Fuck yeah, I did it. <laughs> but like that, you know, the scenes where, again, he is so underplayed and so subdued through the whole movie, and when he's in his truck and there's the rain of blood around him, and uh-huh. he looks, he opens up the door, looks up, sees the ship, and he just closes the door, and he's like, nope. Nope. <laughs> it's so perfect. <laughs> it's so perfect. It's so good. Yeah. It's so, and it, it still stays 
ultra tense because you're like holy fuck this is a really bad situation for him to be in but Mm -hmm. that kind of like realistic subtle humor i thought was really well played in this well yeah and and jordan peele like he he meant for that to be kind of the joke like for non-horror audiences who see something like that in like a preview and just go nope um he wanted that to be kind of an icebreaker joke of like you know, maybe come, try this one. Maybe this one will be okay for you. Because this is not, oh, like, not particularly scary, really. Like, I mean, you got the intense sort of scene that turns out to not be anything. Other than that, it's in a lot of ways Jaws, where it's just cre- uh, nature. Nature's scary, but nature scary movies tend to be fine with a lot of people who aren't into horror so like there's kind of he there's kind of a smart thing there of inviting non-horror people in and just saying like you know maybe this one will work for you there's not a ton of blood you know there's not like a ton of gore mostly sci-fi i'd say in a lot of ways it's it's still a horror movie but it it, i think it would for non-horror people i think it would work but but it's also kind of like tying into that moment where you, the viewer, when you know that the big bad is outside the door and you see that character opening the door and you're like, don't go out there. Yeah. And then they look out the door and they close the door and they go, nope. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, so yes, then, yeah. you made the right choice. If you're that type of person, yeah, you're happy now watching this movie. You're not watching dumb people make bad decisions. You're making yeah. you're watching smart people make the decisions you would make. And that... And it still works because the thing that they're they're fighting against is almost impossible to beat. Dude, one thing that I noticed this time around that I, I guess could have been evident the first time that I watched it, but I really noticed it this time, is that early on in the movie, whenever OJ goes to try to buy the horses back from Jupiter, uh, that he had been he's like, awkward selling about them. it. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, oh, no chance of that. Uh-huh. No chance of getting those horses back. It's because he's been feeding the horses to the fucking alien. Yep. Yeah, he's been doing this once a week uh, for a little while now. And, yeah. So, yeah, when when OJ's talking about buying the horses back, yeah, he's he's a little awkward about it because they aren't they no dead. They're dead. Back. <laughs> yeah. Horses are gone. Yeah. Which is really fucked up, and it's subtly played in there. Um, I, I will say it also kind of opens up why has the whole world not heard about this yet. Like somebody out there in that crowd would have surely told somebody. I mean, I guess they couldn't video it because their phones probably went dead or whatever, but surely they would have told someone that works for some newspaper, knows somebody who works for a paper, anything like surely news would have gotten out. Let's play that out. I'm a journalist. You call me. What, what are you calling about? I went to this Jupiter ranch and I saw a show where a flying saucer came down from the clouds and ate a horse. You have to see this. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, that's why. People probably have. Um, Even if you got calls from multiple people, surely... You've been like, wait, maybe I should go check this out. Let's go buy well, a ticket. Let's watch this. I'm show. assuming, yeah, I'm assuming the audience is built. I'm wondering how many times this has happened because, like, because there's not that many people in the crowd, right? Yeah, I'm thinking it's only like you know the third or fourth time it may have happened. 
uh and and like this that's why he's invited out his former co-star he thinks like oh now we're starting to build a real crowd now's the time like maybe i can i don't know converse with the thing or whatever when i feed it the horse um but yeah i i i think you're right if it had been going for a little bit longer there's no way that it wouldn't be a pretty big crowd i mean yeah most people aren't gonna believe when you said you saw a ufo but like some people are so definitely there would have at least been some really 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 angry PETA member with an instagram page and following (laughs) that would have posted like listen they killed a horse guys this is fucked up (laughs) though i guess we're wrong because we he doesn't seem to think it is a creature necessarily does he because he says he thinks it's it's an alien species called the watchers so it seems like implying they right yeah like it's a ship and they're taking the horses up he must think maybe to observe them so it's possible he doesn't even think they're dead though i would think the screaming of the horse that you can hear throughout the canyon might indicate (laughs) it's probably dead yeah should be a giveaway but but again it's all in the name of a spectacle it's all in the name it's of entertainment true. yeah I he, mean, he doesn't care yeah so that was like a little bit of a hole you know that you can kind of poke at this um Maybe. but you know like that that's the thing about this is that jordan peele in a lot of ways i feel like with with his other you know things that we've seen um he is very much doing a a twilight zone sort of directorial style storytelling style where I'm sure there's amazing episodes of Twilight Zone where the the concept, the premise is so fucking cool that it blows your mind. But if you like really stopped and thought about it and you were like, well, wait, this guy could have done this or that. How come this hadn't happened? Then sure, you can make the whole thing fall apart pretty fast. Wait, can you? Um, How? What are you talking about? Well, you know what I'm saying? Where it's just like these things that we're talking about where it's like surely somebody would have informed somebody about this ufo eating no, these I, horses okay so okay I, yeah no i disagree with you i don't i don't think that this has happened enough that the the like who uh, who the, the fbi like Mulder and scully who are they telling <laughs> could have been opportunity for crossover right there <laughs> well that's what i'm saying like, I, I don't that's i don't see that as a whole at all like there's a crowd there Word. of people to see it because they probably have heard but it hasn't been going on mm. long enough that it's grown gigantically even if it had mm-hmm. well that would be that would be if it if you draw a big enough crowd you're gonna draw media attention right it doesn't matter if it's mm-hmm. right or wrong right. so that i think it, uh, storytelling wise this has to be made like one of the early times he's done it because the crowd would have been bigger as you said but yes if it's supposed to have been like you know he's been doing this for a long time then yeah that would be a hole because the the crowd would get bigger and bigger the show is insane like the thing you're seeing is gigantic and obvious right so right yeah you draw a gigantic crowd yeah but yeah i i I mean i don't really see yeah I i don't see the this falling down much other than uh well this is a a quibble but it's it's absolutely true that nickel wouldn't have killed keith david (laughs) really (laughs) it wouldn't even come close uh the terminal velocity of a nickel is going to be around 50 to 60 miles per hour um 
you you get hit by a nickel at 50 60 miles per hour in the eye directly it might give you cornea blind you or something yeah, yeah it might yeah it's probably gonna fuck up your cornea some might detach it might give you you know uh, a, a blindness in that eye maybe it's not gonna get through the entire eye um it's definitely not gonna get through the the bit of skull behind your eye now, hang on. Are you telling me that stuff? <laughs> I've always heard that if you stood on top of the entire state building and the you threw a penny off of it, yeah. uh-huh. it's, it's going to get enough speed behind it to crack the concrete. Are you telling me that's not true neither? Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they, in fact, <laughs> tested it on Mythbusters uh, and found, of course, that, that, that isn't true. But then they, they, they tested the... They tested with a penny. They tested it up to 2,000 miles per hour, at which point it just shattered. Um, Whoa. Yeah, but... Yeah, so that... It's not going to kill you. Now, some people have said maybe it's, it's you know shooting it out at like high rate of speed or something. And then it's like, well, okay, but then later when it's it's shooting out like wheelchairs and, and that giant horse statue, if it shot it out at a high rate of speed, that'd be like a fucking bomb. It would just blast through whatever you shot it at. So little quibble there for sure. Uh, but it was really cool, though. So yeah, you do have and to be that, forgiving like, key, of that. Yeah. Like stuck in that horse's hindquarters. That's also a really cool, yeah. cool image. It's really neat. Yeah. And, and also just one thing that is another quibble I have. Seems like you could station the, uh, probably just station the cameras further away and get a good shot of it. You know, considering <laughs> how great telephoto lenses are right? and even how amazing just digital zoom on an iPhone is yeah. these days. <laughs> you get a great shot if you just you just fit you you figured out kinda the size of the anti electric field. You know, go a little further out than that and set up a camera. Boom, there you go. Right? Like we, <laughs> we have these cameras that take I mean, dude, look at like a fucking sniper rifle or whatever. Right, you see yeah. for miles through that exactly. shit. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So yeah, that that's definitely a, a a quibble I have with it. Though when you see what they're trying to get, because they go after this uh, as as uh, Oz Perkins, the the director of that commercial. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oz Perkins is in this. Also, totally didn't know that he was the nerdy guy in Legally Blonde. He what is the, fuck? the nerdy guy in Legally Blonde. <laughs> but Oz, what? Oz Perkins uh, calls him legendary cinematographer. So they get a legendary cinematographer with an IMAX fucking. Uh, a mechanical camera that he's made to shoot it. They want it to be ultra high quality. So I can kind of give a, but I really, that, that is like a, an issue I had with it where it was just like, gosh, if you just put the cameras further out of range, you could get a great shot of this thing. Seems that way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's a little bit of a stress. Do you have any other complaints about the movie? Um, no, no, I, I, I really like I, I honestly like I just think that my child me would have loved this movie, and so when I'm watching it, it's like hitting all those like child me buttons. It feels very much like uh, uh I mean, all those Spielberg movies I named, I loved as totally. a kid. So feels yeah. like that, and it's it's you know, uh, it's got that Jordan Peele humor. 
uh, the uh, sound design, as you said, is fucking amazing. The the, yeah, it is. the soundtrack and music stuff is all really cool. Dude, quick note about that, and somebody mm. correct me if I'm wrong about this, but like I was probably about three quarters of the way through the movie, so I was kind of getting to some of the big climactic shit there at the end with all the stuff with with Jean Jacket. Uh-huh. Um, I think, from what I noticed, and again, maybe I'm wrong, but like all the scenes that involve the 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 creature there at the end where the electromagnetic field has been disrupted and all electronic stuff quits working uh-huh. i believe all the soundtrack stuff around that is acoustic instruments it's all orchestral oh, score really? that doesn't That's involve electronics oh really fucking cool i didn't i think i i might be wrong about okay. that but at least for the end of the movie, I know that that's true. Maybe it's that way through the rest of the flick, well, too. And if so, that's a really cool yeah. touch. I know with the sound design, that's what they did. The anti-electric field, uh, as it gets closer, they strip out more and more of the background noise. Cool. So, like, yeah, maybe they did do exactly that. Because there was a lot of thought that clearly went into to what's going on with like, the sound in this movie. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I just don't really have major complaints for this, though. I do think uh, you're right. Uh, if they had been doing that for, for quite a while, there would have been a much bigger crowd. It would have been more of a, you know, some sort of media attention. Uh, I do I mean, think at maximum, how long ago did they say that the dad died? Was it like six months? It wasn't that long, right? Right. So it, okay. Though that, all right. I don't think Jupiter was involved because this was interesting. Um, if you listen to the radio that's playing, they talk about a group of tourists that have, were hiking the Pacific Crest Trail uh, um, or Pacific Coast Trail. What is it? PCT. I, I don't, <laughs> they were hiking this trail and got lost. So I'm assuming that the stuff being expelled there is that th- Ooh, this that's cool yeah this group of hikers got eaten by by See, this again, thing that could be that could be the prequel like that right could be oh yuck, absolutely you know yeah that's an entire <laughs> <yuck. laughs> that yeah that entire idea that story is, is really interesting so i think maybe uh, jupiter has more recently but you're right like uh if if it's been within six months and he's saying it's coming every friday yeah, yeah, it would have to have been very recent to because the crowd that you see there, like you know, other than his co-star and his um, his workers, isn't isn't huge for sure. But yeah, I, I uh, yeah, there's some just small thing. The camera thing, as I said, is a little bit to me like just go a little bit further out. But um, yeah, honestly, that that's one of those problems too. That like, had they just set this movie in. 1990 where everybody didn't have an amazing camera in their pocket that is their phone at all times right maybe it would have been more like oh no we have to find a professional you can't get the kind of equipment that can do this unless this is your living and you're a legendary cinematographer like maybe just setting this a couple decades back would have taken care of that problem uh, yeah. But then there's other considerations you have to make, of course. So, yeah, because yeah, there's a, he's definitely making some some sort of like comparison of film and, and digital. So like you'd kind of lose sure. that. So, but yeah, I I, I think that, um, I, I I think you know 
any little quibbles I have with it are, are, are tiny. I, I really enjoy this film. Uh, no need to compare it to to the rest of his filmography. If I'm nope. if I'm rating this, uh, as far as like enjoyability and and just technical and and artistic mastery, this this is this is uh, high for me because uh, uh, it's uh, sci-fi horror, which I love. Plus the Western <laughs> world needs what? more of it. Yeah, all sorts of that is great. Um, so t- to me, this is a nine. I'm I'm definitely going hard on this because I think this yeah. is uh, you know one of my favorite movies of last year for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I- I'm right there with you, man. I was thinking about like eight and a half or so for yeah, me. Fair um, for my rating on it. I mean, just such such good, such believable and nuanced performances in this. Yeah, amazing cinematography. Such a cool. Such a cool spin on doing the typical, oh my God, aliens are abducting people. No, they're not. It's not a UFO. It's not studying them. It's not probing them. It's yeah. just fucking eating you. It ended up here. Who the fuck knows how? It's an invasive species. Right. Uh, we perceive it as a ship because that's all that we can think that it could be. Nope. It's just a big animal that fucking eats you. That is <laughs> such a cool idea. It I remember is. when it got to that that reveal in the theater and it's like, this isn't a ship. It's an animal. I was like, holy shit, that is such a cool idea. <laughs> like is. Things I'd never considered, that those flying discs that we've you know, seen throughout our entire lives and pop culture and all that shit, it's not a ship. That's a fucking animal. Yeah. That's such a cool idea that I had never yeah. considered. Um, so I love that this movie went with that angle. And again, it just looks fucking gorgeous too. So yeah, I think like eight and a half for me. That's awesome. Really, yeah. really enjoyable flick. And I hope that you guys dug it too. Uh, I'm sure that a lot of you guys have seen this one, but let us know your thoughts about it over on our Facebook group. Join up, hang out with your boys, uh, enjoy the chit chat, the funny memes, all the silly uh, wrestling and video game Uh talk that goes on. A lot of guitar talk over there. If you're into guitar talk. Yeah, there has been. Uh I like that. There's been some guitar chat going on over there here lately. And uh, find us on all of our other social media pages. You guys can find that through our Linktree page. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and, of course, support us on Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head over there, become a patron on any level. You get access to our Patreon-exclusive episodes. Uh, got all sorts of cool stuff up there. Uh, become a patron on $5 level. We get to submit to the Smoke and Bowl. And then once a month, we draw from that Smoke and Bowl, and we review the movie we draw from the Smoke and Bowl, which is what we're going to be doing next week. You're damn right we are. That's right. We've not done the drawing yet, so you'll have to stay tuned to our Insta and all of our other shit to find out what Mm -hmm. it is we're going to be doing because it's going to be one of your choices. The next movie could be yours, yours, yours. (laughs) And I'm looking forward to finding out what it is because you guys got some good old taste on there and always toss us some good movies to talk about. So we'll be doing one of those from the Smoking Bowl on the next episode of Dead and Lovely. Thank you guys so much for listening. I've been Uncle Ben. I've been Hollywood Steve. And cranberries are sluts. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. Ben, I'm a workshopping. A new 80s mullet wrestler character. Uh Uh-oh. He's coming. Oh, Lord, he's coming. Uh Uh-huh. Name a handsome Earl Suplex. Handsome Earl Suplex. Handsome Earl Suplex out of Woo! parts unknown, Texas. 
Sounds about right. Uh-huh. We'll suplex the hell out your ass, Texas style. And then he'll kiss your girlfriend. <laughs> well, I drove here in my Firebird with the T-tops off. And I'll tell yeah. you what. I dropped off the last man's girlfriend at his house. Headed on over Damn. here to wrestle. And I'm going to take your girlfriend with me tonight. He just be taking girlfriends left and right. Uh-huh. Hide your wife, yeah. hide your kids, hide your girlfriend. Yeah, and much like all 80s uh, wrestlers with handsome or gorgeous in the beginning, he's um, he looks like a mechanic. Yeah, yeah. Just like just like a regular dude. <laughs> yeah, like, like most 80s wrestlers. Just yeah. like, okay, all right. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, you're go- that, that guy's gorgeous. That's gorgeous right there. That's, that's handsome. Mm-hmm. Handsome Earl Suplex. <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you though honestly like the way that wrestlers back in the day like branded themselves as like gorgeous or handsome or right. whatever that is like the epitome of the more you have to tell me about yourself the less convinced i am <laughs> For real. like if you were already handsome i would have noticed by now <laughs> it's true handsomeness is just evident my friend you don't have to call yeah. it out <laughs> It's like, I didn't notice that you were handsome, but you're called handsome, so I'm looking for it, and I just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> if you got to tell me, it ain't showing. It's just, yeah. I mean, maybe don't take it as a nickname. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> What's his signature move? He's got a signature move? Well, I mean, listen here. Earl, don't get too complicated. It's just a straight up and down suplex. Just a regular suplex, yeah. huh? Oh yeah. yeah. If he oh, if it's a big match, let's say he finally gets that damn old dirty white boy and uh he gets him up in the suplex, he'll hold it up there a couple seconds. Sure, yeah. yeah for spectacle. Really for show off like, hey, look at yeah. me. Suplex the fella. I really like signature moves in wrestling especially the uh-huh. old school ones where like yeah like hogan's was like a leg drop, <laughs> leg where, drop. <laughs> yeah where it's like yeah everybody does a leg drop but for some reason when hogan does it gosh it just knocks me Shit's out it's devastating he listen <laughs> it's it's the 24 inch pythons they add some extra oomph to the leg drop Right? Like, what is the deal with that? Like, obviously, Hogan was all in the upper body, all in the biceps and so on, but it's like the leg drop, man, that's what's going to put you out, motherfucker. Remember that, like, part of Hogan's biggest matches, one of his absolute largest against Andre the Giant, he just body slammed him. Just a body slam. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Oh, my God. People went fucking wild. Oh, my God. I fell on my back from, you know, five and a half, six feet up. Whoa. And it's so sad. Definitely dead. It's so sad, too, because, like, Andre was in pain and, like, it looks really bad and everything. But, yeah, I mean, that was 80s wrestling. Handsome Earl Suplex. Take out Andre the Giant around the back to the woodshed. Give him a good beating. Then I take home his girlfriend. I tell you what. Yeah, definitely. He's going up. For the suplex. Woo! 